Thinking about setting up a business, unlocking iPhones. It's easy, I hear. Yeah. Wow, it's going nuts, though. You know, it's like, yeah. and I kind of feel like uh, I kind of called it where it's like, I mean, I don't think this was very hard to, it wasn't like I'm the only one, you know, made a unique observation, but that it, it, it's far from a slam dunk because it's largely, at least so far, being tried in a court of public opinion, not in a court mm-hmm. of law. Except for today. Yeah. So it's, it's actually like late breaking news. <laughs> Can you explain this? I think you're probably better informed <laughs> than I am. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, in another case, not the one that is really at the forefront of all this, uh, a federal judge in Brooklyn today ruled that the government could not force Apple to unlock a phone. An iPhone. And it was, I guess that they, I again, I, was this publicized at all? Do we know that this case was coming or, or just drop out of the thin air? Well, there were, I mean, they had talked about several other cases in which the, you right. know, not necessarily the FBI, but other, uh, you know, like district attorneys and things and, you know, other jurisdictions, they were trying to get Apple to unlock phones in order to get information for not necessarily terrorism related cases, but just like, you know, racketeering, drugs, whatever. I mean, like a whole bunch of different right. things. So right. And so this one, this New York case. So well, let's just call it by the location, right? We'll say the New York, this is the New York case, and the other one's the San Bernard, Bernardino right. um, case. So the this is different. And it's one of the ways it's different is uh, it's a drug case. So it's not terrorism, um, which doesn't really, shouldn't really change the law. But it absolutely cha- changes the amount of radioactive publicity around this. You know, like you mm-hmm. say, right. uh, there's a guy in Brooklyn who's up on drug charges, and everybody is like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's Tuesday, right?" And then you say a bunch of uh, a Muslim couple uh, uh, committed an act of terrorism, and and shot up 14 killed 14 people and shot up 22 others and yeah. it's terrorism and then people are you know and again i'm not even making fun of it it's it's a natural reaction it is it that's shocking and it's it is you know yeah it, and in, i mean and as far as i know in this drug case nobody nobody was killed i mean you know, I, right. I mean maybe somebody was killed in relation to this guy you know whoever right. defended his dealings that i don't actually know um, but you know, it certainly wasn't a case where fourteen people were there. right. But in terms of the legal question of whether the United States federal law, as it stands today, uh, can have can result in the Department of Justice getting a court order to force Apple or any other company to write new code for their devices to comply with the law, I don't think it's any different. There's nothing magical about terrorism that's different than drugs in terms of. Can Apple be compelled to to do this? And the judge in this case, this what's his name? Or James Orenstein. It seems I didn't read his order yet. It's it's too late breaking. It's a fifty page thing. Um, but there are some highlights that came out. He really seems to have ripped the feds. <laughs> he really a did. New one. <laughs> what's the one that uh, Matthew, our friend Matthew Panzerino, friend of the show, Matthew Panzerino, friend of the show. Um, I mean, all this stuff gets down to this this. Um, all Writs Act, right. which we have become 
familiar with over the last... <laughs> you know what, we laugh. I, you know, since we've done our crash course as constitutional law experts. We laugh. Uh, I, one of the things I've seen, and I do appreciate, I appreciate that there are people who feel otherwise. And, you know, I, I, it seems to me like most people who read Daring Fireball and listen to the show, I thought before, like, the last episode I did with Dalrymple, I thought that most people probably agreed with what I think. Uh, and judging from the feedback I've seen, they do. But clearly not everybody does. And I'll even admit that that's, you know, I don't agree, but that, you know, it's nice to have a reasonable disagreement with people about politics. Um, that, you know, no, this isn't this isn't the world we want to live in. We really should have something where, you know, the, the cops can get into a phone if they need to. Okay. Um, but the question of whether this All Writs Act is the law that should this should be based on. To me, even if you think that the yeah, law enforcement should have some kind of technical way to get at a phone if they really need to, they re, I, I really feel like it's almost un, you can't debate that they they should try to get a new law passed because the laws as they stand, it, there's just mm -hmm. no way to to get there from here. Yeah. Did you read the All Writs Act? No, I did. It's actually it's very short. It's extremely short. Well, I think that's part of the problem, which I've heard before. Yeah, it's very short, um, and it's you know it was written in 1789, so there are you know it's not, ex but it's not dense. You know, I mean the plain meaning of it, especially when you read what other people say about it. You know, people who are more expert in constitutional law. If they say that the whole point of the All Writs Act was this was right at the beginning of the federal of our federal government, you know, the Constitution, the ink wasn't even dry on it. Um, and this was a way. So, the you know, the laws, you know, all sorts of things. Oh, we never thought of that. We better make a law. All those little things, you know, hadn't happened yet. The All Writs Act was passed as a sort of catch all for like, hey, if something hasn't been cut, if, if a case comes before you that falls between the cracks of the laws that hadn't been anticipated, you know, this grants the courts a bit of leeway to, you know, mm -hmm. so they, they don't just shrug their shoulders. Um, and it's really, really hard to see how that applies here, especially when so many laws have been passed about things like encryption and digital devices and stuff like that, that that they easily could have if if Congress had wanted to mandate something like this easily could have and in fact there are laws on the books that that actually stipulate the other way that you know tech companies can't be compelled to do things what was the yeah. I had a link to it the other day on Daring Fireball I forget the name of the act I guess I could look it up <laughs> do we have that capability <laughs> here it's the Kalia Act, okay. the Communications Assistance for Law Enforcement Act. So even just the name, the name of that law really makes it clear that this is, you know, <laughs> this is really something that's very, very close. And so here's the section, the section of Kalia entitled Design of Features and Systems Configurations. The statute says it does not authorize any law enforcement agency or officer to require any specific design of equipment, facilities, services, features or system configurations to be adopted by any provider of a wire or electronic communication service, any manufacturer of telecommunications equipment, or any provider of telecommunications support services. Um, and, you know, again, it's not just me. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting on my Scooby-Doo hat here and doing, like, some <laughs> amateur lawyering. This is, you know, real legal experts are saying that this, you know, um, this was something that Apple... Uh, cited in their own motion mm -hmm. to vacate the order. Apple is saying that. And I think that there might be some slight ambiguity there that maybe this the law was kind of written 
on the, the with phone companies in in mind, you know, like AT and T, Verizon, and and those type of people, not necessarily the handset maker, but. I, I don't know. I mean, I think a plain reading of the law, you know, telecommunications equipment and support. I mean, it's you know a cell phone. That's what that's what an right. iPhone is. And right. that they, you know, that passage I just read very specifically seems to say you can't make them do things like this. You can get a warrant to like uh, investigate what they already have, but you can't make them do new things. Yeah. So here's the uh, quote from. Judge Orenstein that Matthew. Now this is so to um, reiterate for anybody who's following along and can't keep the name straight. This is the New York case that just broke today, yes. Monday, twenty uh, ninth of February. Um, and this wasn't the one I was thinking of, but this one's good too. Um, I conclude that Apple's position is more consistent than the government's with the rule of statutory construction that requires giving meaning to all statutory words and clauses, as well as the rules prohibiting interpretations that produce absurd results or are of sus- suspect constitutionality. <laughs> right. So, in other words, I mean, it, it's actually it's kind of a good read. It's like dripping with sarcasm. I mean, he's more <laughs> yes. And the, and the one that I remember that was is there's another one that says something like it's basically to the effect of you know if the government's permission is tr- position is accurate, then there is nothing stopping the government from <laughs> commanding someone to commit murder. Right, we we can command you to do whatever we need to get this. Right. Um, here's this, this Glenn Greenwald uh, of The Intercept has cited this passage. Uh, the judge also accused the government of trying to manipulate secret judicial proceedings to obtain powers for itself against Apple that public debate and Congress would never permit. It is, Judge Orenstein wrote, quote, clear that the government has made the considered decision that it is better off securing such crypto legislative authority from the courts in proceedings that had always been at the time it filed the instant application shielded from public scrutiny rather than taking the chance that open legislative debate might produce a result less to its liking, end quote. Now back to Greenwald, because government wants the courts rather than Congress to grant this power, the, quote, government's interpretation of the breadth and authority of the All Writs Act confers on courts of limited jurisdiction, um, raises serious doubts about how such a statute could withstand constitutional scrutiny under the separation of powers doctrine. So what he's more or less saying is there's just no way that there's no way that it that by not having, you know, completely circumventing the legislature and doing this in secret through the courts, how in the world does that mm-hmm. fit within our system? Yeah. So I really, really think, I mean, as this goes on, and this, I mean, this is just devastating in my opinion. I mean, and it seems to me not just what I think, but, you know, Greenwald's pretty smart uh, on issues like this. It just seems like everybody, you know, who follows this stuff really sees this as a, a slam dunk case in Apple's favor. Yeah, well, this ruling is a right, right, right. in Apple's favor, definitely. I mean, obviously, I think the government's going to appeal this, too, right? I guess. I can't imagine that they wouldn't. It seems like they would. So it's never, you know, it's never completely over until they've either com- capitulated yeah. or it's gone to the Supreme I'm Court. I'm curious. I wonder when they filed this, uh, because it's clearly not the, you know, we, uh, so many of us have said that this, this San Bernardino phone is such a perfect example for the government because it's quote unquote terrorism. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't just like suspects. They, I mean, these are, you know, two people who actually shot and killed a bunch of people. I mean, it's true. You know, they actually committed it. It wasn't even like a, you know, right. A, a, a plan. Right. Um, and it just lends them so much more emotional 
and and sort of um you know, in some ways, political uh, weight behind their request that they don't have in a case like this drug case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the terrorism stuff obviously brings out people's emotions a lot more. Right. And again, <laughs> whereas, whereas some people think, I like drugs. Right. <laughs> well, but again, again, I would be lost without my drug dealer. Again, we laugh, but I, I, I think I speak for you that it, uh, it, I also, though, I see that, though, is, you know, it common sense that some you know portion of the public would see this differently and it's not necessarily unreasonable people you know right. i mean that's it gets to the root of the the real word terrorism not the politicized one that is thrown about but the real word you know the that it strikes terror in people and when you're terrorized you know you have a reaction you're actually not if if you are terrorized and you you don't really you know you're like oh, I'm cool I'm scared out of my mind but I'm cool you're you know you're not hooked. there's something wrong with you yeah, you're not, you're up not right a right. <laughs> there's like evolutionary reasons why when when you encounter a terrifying situation that your body you know reacts in a very quick and and decided way you know, I, I find this argument about, I mean, it's an interesting argument about the um, the idea that where this debate should take place. And um, it's just, you know, to put it into into simple terms for stupid people like me, I had not seen um, the most recent Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> and I just started watching it this afternoon. And then this this came out, uh, which is kind of funny because the in the very beginning, they, they disbanded the IMF. <laughs> You know, the yes. Impossible Missions Force, which is a completely unregulated organization that acts without any accountability whatsoever. Right. <laughs> it's like, and and we're supposed to, you know, in watching the movie, um, kind of root for the people who have absolutely no accountability. <laughs> yeah, but even there, even with the IMF, and I like that movie. It's uh, Rogue Nation, right? That's the name. Of right. it. I actually enjoyed that very much. I, I thought it was, and it's. It's funny. I don't want to do any spoilers, but there's actually a whole bunch yeah. of parallels to Spectre. Um, it's almost mm -hmm. uncanny how similar the two movies are. Like the the length to which you could draw, you know, create a uh, uh, what do they call those summaries? You know, like a, you know, like when you on Netflix and they give you like the quick summary. Oh yeah, so yeah. like a half a right. review and half of a quick plot summary. Like you could mm -hmm. go, you could go pretty far into detail and have it apply just as well to. <laughs> To Rogue Nation as Spectre. I find that Rogue Nation was by far the better movie. Um, that's, that's my understanding. I have not seen, I've not seen Spectre yet. That is a subject for a different episode of the show. Yes, but, that's a different um, episode. Right? I think it's great. But one difference is, at least with IMF, like, you know, Ethan Hunt would break into Apple and he would write, <laughs> he would write the code himself, you know. <laughs> He would. He would. Well, Benji. Benji would write. Oh the yeah, code. Benji would write the code. But Ethan yeah. would break in, and then he'd have glasses, you know, so that Benji could see what he's saying, <laughs> and uh, and he would steal Apple's signing key, and then you know they. But they would do all the work themselves, and they would do so knowing that they're breaking the law to do it. Right. And they would, right. you know, it, it it's still different from this, which is really of this sort of compulsory. We're going to make you do what we. Would we tell you to do, even though you say we absolutely positively would never? What you're asking us to do is something we would never do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it seems to me like there may be—I don't know. I mean, somebody like Rich Mogul would have a better idea than I would, but like there may be a way that somebody super smart could do that. Um, and but that's not really what the point is here. That the point is to create legal precedent, right? 
I I am. So I, they're not even. They're not even trying. In the last week, I've I am. Um, uh, one of the things that's come up as this has gone on is is more and more um, about how uh, there's no way that Apple could create this and then destroy it. Well, I mean, technically, it's possible that they could create this, use it once, and then erase all you know traces of it and start over. Um, but for any kind of any any case where they would need to show it in court it has to be preserved you can't have evidence that was generated using a tool that you've then destroyed because the defense has a right to inspect the tool um it it, i know that again the slippery slope phrase it's like you hear it over and over and over again and it starts to lose meaning but i really feel like it's perfectly apt here that you start down this path and it just leads and you don't even know where it's going to wind up but the fact that you have to preserve tools that are used to generate evidence in a criminal case is uh you know and rightly so that's that's the way it should be but it just shows that you you know there's no way that they could create this and destroy it yeah it's one of the ways that the san bernardino case is a perfect storm because i don't i really don't think there is any kind of criminal case going on because the two suspects are dead i mean so yeah right what what exactly i mean they're not prosecuting anybody but um they're looking for more people to prosecute. but what if they do find a, a a text message on the phone and it's to somebody else and they're like, well, we're going to prosecute this guy. Well, now there is a lawsuit and the way that they found the guy was using this tool. So even if there's no criminal case against these, the two shooters, um, they're, you know, the whole point of wanting to look at the phone on a surface is, is that they're looking for any other, anybody else who they might've been conspiring with. Right. Uh, what else is going on with this phone thing? A lot of bad commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I do find that, and again, I guess it's, it's, well, one of the things that's interesting, about it, I'll say this, one of the things that's interesting about it is that it doesn't fall neatly on the left-right political divide. And in general, sure. the political right is a little bit more friendly to law enforcement and the left is more friendly or or you know, more or more in favor of civil rights and civil liberties, right? So the ACLU is perceived probably correctly so as a left leaning organization. And, you know, and so, and in some sense, this is definitely about absolutely about civil liberties. That's Apple's entire defense, really. Um, that if you would predict there's any kind of left right split, it would be you know, Democrats and left-leaning people siding with Apple and Republicans and conservatives siding with... Um, for the Yeah, for the for the. But that's part, a really yeah. broad generalization. And a lot of conservatives are very um, yeah. uh, libertarian-minded and right. are suspicious of government. And... I bet those guys, those guys that took that, took over that land in Portland probably are, <laughs> are opposed yeah. to the FBI. It wasn't in Portland. Un- unlock smartphones. It, it was Oregon. It wasn't Portland. <laughs> Did I say <laughs> Portland? I meant Oregon. <laughs> Whatever I said. Well, there's I a big difference though. That, <laughs> that would be pretty funny though. <laughs> Occupy Portland. <laughs> Occupy like a hipster coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> With a just roll. <laughs> really, a really nice Thai restaurant. <laughs> Take over a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get rid of these guys, <laughs> but they keep buying our expensive donuts. <laughs> really great sneakers. <laughs> um, no, but I've seen an awful lot of people who you know who I follow on Twitter for other political reasons who are 
you know, and ordinarily would be on a Republican conservative side and are, you know, very much uh, in favor of Apple in this regard. And I've also seen a lot of them. I don't, uh, I see the similarities. I almost don't want to open the door on this, but I've seen a lot on conservatives. I've seen a lot of them compare it to um, gun ownership and, and uh, mm-hmm. gun, uh, gun control legislation. And, I feel like that breaks down pretty quickly, but at the top level, I kind of see—I do kind of see what they're getting at. That there's this argument right. that the Second Amendment, at a very, very high level, that if you read it, it's you know it says you know to you know it's some kind of you know protection against uh, the you know the government that you know you can protect yourself, and that that's what encryption is—that you can have this device where you protect the data yourself, and you have a right to do this as an individual. So I kind of see it. It breaks to me. It breaks down at a very quickly because. Gun legislation uh, encryption is binary. It's, your your stuff is either encrypted securely or it's not encrypted securely. Yes or no, and yes, there's different strengths to you know you get greater and greater key lengths and different algorithms and stuff like that. So I'm not saying all encryption is equivalent, but it's either securely encrypted or not. Whereas gun ownership is a or, or gun legislation in terms of which guns you can buy is clearly there's a spectrum. And everybody agrees. This is one of those things that, to me, drives me nuts about when you talk about gun control legislation. Is that everybody seems to agree, even if the hard, the hardest of the hardliners on the Second Amendment, that um, you know, normal civilians shouldn't be able to buy surface-to-air missiles to shoot down jetliners. <laughs> you know, that somewhere everybody's willing to draw a line <laughs> that these arms are too powerful, and that the debate is where that line should be drawn. Um, but again, I, you know, for anybody, and I'm sure this is one of those topics where I'm sure there are people who listen to the show. In fact, I know a couple of them, uh, friends who listen to the show who are, um, you know, staunch advocates of, of gun ownership rights. Um, but I do see the connection. And I, I, I suspect, though, that those type of listeners, people who, who can bear to listen to my show and the small doses of politics I drop into it, but are staunch Second Amendment advocates, uh, I guarantee you those listeners are on Apple's side in this. So I do think it makes for an interesting public debate. Yeah, the pro- I mean, the problem is that there's <laughs> sadly not enough representation of those views in politics, really, yeah. I mean, because most of the mo- most of the candidates have come out strongly in favor of the FBI. Or if they're not strongly in favor of the FBI, like like uh, our man Trump, what's Trump say? Just open the damn phone. Just open the damn just phone. open the damn phone. Just open it up. <laughs> It's easy. Um, the, the thing that's a little frustrating is that the the, the other side is kind of get involved. Their their take is more or less wishful thinking. Like let's put smart people in a room, and you know, from law enforcement and from these great American tech companies, and I'm sure they'll come up with something that will <laughs> that will a, keep everybody's data sure. completely safe and secure, <laughs> and will let the FBI look at it whenever they want to. Nothing nothing bad has ever come out of a smoke-filled room. <laughs> <laughs> Except maybe the smoke. <laughs> What's this, this one that you sent me, I didn't see this. This I guess because it, it came out yesterday. I didn't even know that there was a Sunday Wall Street Journal. Maybe it came out in a newspaper today and it was just has the yesterday's dateline. Yeah, By El, El Gordon... <laughs> El Gordon Kravitz. <laughs> now, this sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> he w- he used to be the publisher of the uh, of the journal, <sighs> apparently. But uh, I had not really heard of him before this this piece. But number one, if you're a conservative and you go by first initial Gordon something, 
Don't stop it. And his first name is his first name is Lewis. It's not yeah. like it's Levonsky or something. I mean, it's not like some long or complicated or name that he would have gotten teased about. El Gordon Liddy. <laughs> yeah, right. like this is a guy who's probably about our age. So he he's, he's doing it on purpose. Right. Like he's a right, guy who looked right. at G. Gordon Liddy and it's like, hey, my middle but, name's Gordon. I'm g- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be cool. It's important to have role models. I'm going to be cool like a political hack who did time for Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> and became a, after he got out, became a right-wing radio uh, kook. Right. Uh, how would you summarize his, uh, his headline is uh, Apple's Rotten Core. So he went there. He went to the. Well, he spends a lot of time talking about, uh, he, see, he starts out by sort of trying to make it seem like Apple's argument is all about whether it's difficult to do or not, and, try to, and tries to make it seem like Apple just doesn't want to do it because, it's, because they're saying it's hard, when that's really not the situation at all. Um, and he, at some point he says that, he says, let me see if I can find the quote, um, Apple engineers have, I can't find it, uh, but he he says that Apple engineers have basically admitted that it, that, um, it would, it could only apply to this one phone (laughs) (laughs) with not without linking to anything. Apple at first claimed, this is a quote that this would, this work would affect millions of customers. Now it's engineers admit code can apply to a specific iPhone. (laughs) Which Apple has never said. Well, they could make an instance of the OS that only applies to one phone, but it's, you know, at this point you're starting to talk, it's like talking copy protection, you know, with video games and apps, you know, where once you have a version of the OS that has a statement that says, if the device ID equals this exact device ID, then go ahead and, you know, (laughs) let them enter as many passcodes as they want. Then somebody who uh, illicitly obtained a copy of the OS can break into a debugger and just say, why don't we just skip that if check? Um, (laughs) And again, I realized, and I don't, I'm not going to start a computer science podcast. I realized that there are ways to obfuscate that code so that it's not that easy to identify when you break into the debugger. But on the other hand, I'll go back to my analogy of software copy protection where, uh, you can't beat it eventually. I mean, if the, you know, the whatever checks and that, you know, most apps and games that are serious about it, don't just have a, if serial number equals legit do, you know, go ahead and play the game. I mean, they try to make it more complicated than that, but you know, anybody who's ever tried to, um, you know, investigated how much pirated software is out floating around the world and always has been, will realize that there's always ways around it. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that there'd be this version, um, I, I'm going to go with this analogy. It's not that bad. It's sort of like they're asking them to make a game that, you know, but we'll we'll make sure we're the only ones with the serial number. <laughs> but then anybody could crack it, and now everybody's got a, you know, phone cracking thing. He also said, when Apple refused the court order, Apple defenders claimed it was impossible to unlock the phone. Now, see, nobody said that. I don't, nobody said nobody that. Nobody said that. No. I quoted a thing today where... Um, and maybe I even went the wrong way, but that somebody, you know, there was this Washington Post story on the thing, and they were like, somebody was trying to give a quote like, well, both sides are kind of liars. A former Justice Department official, Jennifer Daskow, said both sides are overstating their arguments. She said, the government is wrong to say this is just about one case. 
On the other hand, it is wrong to say that if Apple loses this case, there's absolutely no limits to what the government can order a company to do. Um, and on Daring Fireball, I said, well, the first part is totally true. The government really is being disingenuous about this applying to just one phone. Um, and I said that nobody, especially not Apple, is using words like absolutely no limits on what the government can order a company to do. A couple mm -hmm. people emailed and said, well, actually, Apple's order doesn't quite say that exactly. But they do say that there's no end to the limit. And um, like you said, with the the other one, the Ornstein one, that you know, what or whatever else, or some, who'd you say said the, you know, this could lead to the conclusion that the government could order you to kill people? Oh, that was, yeah, that was right. Ornstein. That you know, actually, yeah. I mean, that was that was not necessarily, you know, that was not saying that. Apple. Right. I mean, it was basically that was a, that was a legal interpretation right. of the, um, the this interpretation that of Ritz, the all that all Ritz right. Act. Basically, they were saying that that they were saying that the the written law did not apply, and so they needed to invoke the All Ritz Act. Act, and I think Ornstein was saying, no, there's actually a law on the books about this, and you can't just ignore that and invoke the All Ritz Act because if you start doing that, then you can do anything right. you want. That you know, that's this is exactly what the rule of law is about. That right. We make these rules. We have a general agreement as to what words mean, and therefore you, you, you follow the, the law. <laughs> I've seen some people, and 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 you know, I don't even know if it's worth. I don't know. I I feel like listeners of the show are smart. They're not going this way. But on Twitter, there have been some people who've approached me with the, "Well, how would I feel?" If one of my family members had been killed by these people, <laughs> did you did you see the one that somebody quoted? No, I don't think <laughs> that said. Um, how would Tim Cook feel if his wife had been oh, murdered? Oh no! <laughs> um, hey, there's a couple problems with that statement. He'd be very surprised. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think surprise would probably be his first I reaction. I think his first reaction would be... <laughs> if the police, the police called him and said, Mr. Cook, we have terrible news. Your wife has been murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> that, that would be something. Um, and uh, that this, But this is why we don't have a juries made up of the family members of the victim. I, I sympathize. I really do. And I, I, and I totally agree with Apple's emphasis not just some pr but i think they really mean it that every time they talk about this or publish something they say something right up front about the tremendous sympathy they have for the for the families of the victims of this incident and every incident and that they you know cannot abide terrorism it's it's the trade-off there is no perfect way to 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 cut this off you know you can either you know sacrifice some law enforcement uh opportunities to find clues uh and protect privacy and uh, civil liberties for everybody, um, or not. But that's you know that's the trade off that our system, you know, our founders made, you know, two hundred and whatever years ago. Yeah, and 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 as a matter of fact, one of the relatives of one of the victims has actually sided with Apple. I'm not surprised because uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, of course, there's you know, I mean, there's going to be people on both sides, right? I mean, there's going to be people who who. Desperately want Apple to unlock the phone, and then there's going to be people who want it the other way. I right mean, with fourteen with fourteen victims, not, fourteen dead, and twenty two others who were seriously injured. Uh, I mean, you're just not going to you're going to find people who were directly involved on on all sides of it. Yeah, it is hard, and it, but it's again, this is you know, and it I, it's 
I'm trying not to get angry at the FBI for doing it. And privately, I guess I would, but at least professionally here on this very professional show, I won't. But it's it's infuriating that people who and, – and clearly people who work in the Justice Department and the FBI – are dispassionate about this, and they understand civil liberties. I mean, uh, as far I, – I think – I don't know if it's still the case, but I think that for most uh, – just about every FBI agent, unless you're some kind of specialist, is uh, – you have to have a law degree. Um, you know, FBI agents are not like, you know, your local police department. I mean, these these guys and women, these men and women are legal experts. They're lawyers. Well, they're not. They're not. They're not all lawyers. Well, a lot of them are. I think most of them are. A lot of. A lot of. A lot of them. I think are, it's yeah, the standard yes, way to become right. an FBI agent is to be a lawyer. I think you know, like you could be Dana Scully and be a medical. Doctor. I think a lot of. Well, but a lot of them do come from law enforcement. Or, or the. Um, and I don't think that's not. I don't think it's a situation where they go from law enforcement to to law school and then to the FBI. I think. I mean, you have to be. I think you just. You have to. Well, they're informed. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm. But I don't believe you have to have a, like a specific. You don't have to be a. Whatever JD. What I'm saying though is that um, they they know what they're doing. You know, they know the the legal argument. You don't have to be Amy Grimmer. Right. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> there's there's the cynicism involved to 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 make these the San Bernardino family members who are siding with them publicly to to use that to their advantage is it, it's easy to it could get me worked up if I really think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just expect better. I don't. I was about to. Well, <laughs> I guess that's my problem. That's the problem that I expect better from today's U.S. federal government. <laughs> I should. I maybe I should be. I should uh, have a dis- disclosure that I my wife is a defense investigator. So, um, I guess in my family we come at it from a, a certain perspective, and and you know some of that is born of experience of the cases that she's been involved with over the you know the years that she's right been and seeing one. some of the shenanigans and i mean the yeah. shenanigans is almost yeah. a whitewash of some of the stuff that did you know exactly um yeah similar thing here where my wife was a a defense attorney and <laughs> <laughs> so we're perfect yeah. we're, per- we're perfect to have a discussion uh, yeah, totally unbiased <laughs> We, should, we have we have all sides of the debate. We have a guy named John whose wife works in criminal investigations, and we have a guy named John whose wife worked in uh, criminal legal defense. Yeah, right. Used to work. See, your wife used to work, right? And now, and right, exactly. <laughs> so that's the difference. That's the difference. <laughs> Both sides of the right. aisle from two guys named John <laughs> with no formal training in any of them. who like Apple. Right. Who like Apple. <laughs> Pretend that because they read the All Writs Act that they know what the hell is going on. Uh, I'm curious how this is going to play out. I'm also curious. Um, I guess we should take a break, and I should uh, talk about one of our, our friendly sponsors. But when we come back, uh, I'm curious how this is played out uh, is going to play out in Congress. And I'm not even sure. I, I got the dates all mixed up, so I don't know. Maybe you can figure this out afterwards. But uh, let me take a break though, and thank uh, long time. Sponsor of the show, our good friends at Backblaze. Um, Backblaze is online backup for your Mac. And you install it on your Mac. And it just uploads everything you've got. 
your whole, all your content, everything you got in your user directory, you got an external hard drive, it goes up to. All of it goes to Backblaze's secure cloud storage. Uh, all of your data is up there in the cloud after it uploads. And then you can get it from anywhere. You can use their iPhone. It's not even just like for like disaster recovery, although it does work for that too. Um, like if disaster strikes, you can just go there and have them load everything onto a USB hard drive and they will send it right to you. Um, but it's not just for that. Let's say you're out and about and you need a file and all you have with is you is your phone and it's not even in your Dropbox. It's somewhere else. It's on your desktop or something like that. Um, just go to the Backblaze app, go up there, go to your desktop and there it is. You get the file and email it or you know whatever you need to do with it from your phone. Uh, 25% of all of their restores that customers actually do are just one file at a time. So it's a really great service for stuff like that. Um, the service, the, the software is written, at least the Mac version is written by uh, former Apple engineers. These are guys who really, really know it's not like some kind of, you know, goofy Java app that, you know, number one Java, you have to like download Java. No, it's nothing like that. It's real Mac software. Uh, you just interface it. It's the only interface you go through is a little system preferences panel. Um, easy to set up. The defaults are all sane. There's not a lot of options. You just sign up and you get a free account. Number one, um, you get a, a free trial with no credit card re required. Just go to backblaze.com slash daring fireball. Um, and just let it run. It uploads. And then uh, after that, when you say, wow, this works I, crazy that I didn't do what Gruber told me to do a year ago and sign up then. Uh, glad I did it now though. You didn't, what do you do after that? You just pay five bucks per month per computer and that's it. And it's like, you're saying, you know, I have a three terabyte drive. Well, guess what? doesn't matter. It's just five bucks per, per computer. That's it. doesn't matter how much data you have. And you'll feel so much better knowing your stuff is, uh, backed up outside your home or your office or wherever you are. So my thanks to backblaze backblaze.com slash daring fireball. If you haven't signed up already, uh, you're nuts. Our pal uh, Peter Cohen just went to work for Backblaze. You almost said it, Black Blackface. I know, I know, I know. You have you have practiced. <laughs> you you. I don't even know how you do that, but <laughs> the, so, <laughs> but good for you. So years ago, I did a podcast where I I, I did, could not say Backblaze, and I said Blackblaze <laughs> over and over and over again. And so our friend, it's very hard. It's not easy. My friend Yev, who's who's like their marketing guy, went and listened to the show, and he went over to you know domain name register, and he registered blackblaze.com <laughs> and forwarded. That's definitely the that's definitely the solution. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I really like that. I wish every time I screwed up a sponsorship See, read that they would just do what Yev did and just <laughs> that one I understand. Uh, Pixel Mator, I still don't understand. I, I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> I just I don't know. I, I don't know how you would read that. I guess my initial guess was Pixel Mater, but then I thought, well, maybe that's wrong. And they, and they were they're you know they're um, European. They don't even speak English. Right. So I made right. a guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're aren't they? They're German? yeah, I think they're Germans. Yeah, so pixel metal. Yeah, yeah, pixel metal. It's good. Yeah. Um. So, I. This is one of those things where it's like if you don't announce if a tree, <laughs> if a tree was never announced, uh, and then it doesn't <laughs> grow out of the ground, does it make a sound? <laughs> so, if Apple never announced a date for a March event, can the date be moved? Um, no, not really. I say no, no, uh, no. I mean, if you're, if you're deciding when you're going to have your birthday party, 
and you're kind of thinking about having it on <laughs> the 15th and you move it to the 21st. That's right. Until the invitations go out. As I mean, announced. you know, in your mind, you moved it. Right. But it's, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't all be talking about it being right. moved. And the same goes for, for changing the name of the phone that hasn't been announced yet from the iPhone 5 SE <laughs> to the five, iPhone SE. They changed <laughs> the name of the phone. Um, but anyway, that's a lot of scratch. That's a lot of scratching off the, uh, the back of the yeah, device. A couple of weeks ago, actually, they don't, they don't, a couple do of weeks ago, it leaked to, through, you know, the usual, uh, sources that Apple was planning a March event for this new four inch iPhone and the new iPad. And, uh, I guess the, the rumors say, uh, no major updates to the watch, not like what the second generation Apple watch, but new bands and new bands. I don't know what else. That it was going to be Tuesday, March 15th. And then um, I guess it was over the weekend. Was it Sunday? I think it came out. I know it was over yeah, the weekend. But so. it, uh, Kara Swisher at, at Recode broke the story, actually. And then John Petchkowski, who usually gets those date things first. He's at BuzzFeed now. Um, it was about an hour later and said so, too. And that, nope, it's uh, it's going to be Monday, March 21st. So it's it's not on a Tuesday. It's on a Monday, and which was sucked for me because i tried to do the right thing so i don't know i would let me just emphasize this right now i have no idea nobody at apple officially or unofficially has given me any indication of when uh this event is and on the other hand i've never asked and i would guess that at some point in the next week or two i'll get an email with an invitation and it'll say please join us at uh, town hall on whatever date but i tried to be smart and based on the leak i booked i booked airfare so I had airfare mm-hmm. for the original yeah. date. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh! You booked airfare then, right? I booked airfare <laughs> then. Um, now I always stay. I expect, and again, I don't know. I just take guesses on these things. I don't know, but I, I fly out. I always stay in San Francisco, even if I know, even if I know for a fact that the event is going to be in Cupertino. Because it's really there's not much to do down there. You don't like the days in. Yeah. <laughs> I forget where I stayed the one time for when I went out for that Mercedes thing I talked about a while ago. Uh, it was a very nice hotel. It was fine, but it's really you it could be. I mean, there's just nothing going on. Um, yeah. And I have friends in San Francisco, so it's 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 less. It's more fun and it's a better trip if I just bite the bullet and wake up and somehow find a ride from San Francisco to Cupertino in the morning for the event than. Uh, the other way around than to try to. F- what is it? What is that ride? Is it half half hour, forty five minutes? Oh, it really varies it by that? traffic. It's well, she, probably yeah. more like an hour, and I think you got it. Okay. You really okay. want to kind of play it. I never do the driving though, so I'm actually not sure. Um, I think if you hit good traffic and you can get in the passing lane, you can you can you can make it in forty minutes, maybe forty okay. minutes to an hour. And if you hit traffic, it's you know good luck. Um, but I have friends. Uh, uh, Again, friend of the show Panzerino is coming in uh, for the same event, and he's going to have a car. So I'll just hitch a ride with him. Uh, it's, it's like part of the. I mean, you know this, right? Any part of the rules, of, if you want to be on the talk show, is if I ever need a ride, you. <laughs> you <laughs> I got. I'm, I'm out. I don't take advantage of it very often. I'm not. Bleep, bleep, bleep. You, you can verify. You've been on the show a lot of times, and I've never once called you and said, "Hey, Moltz, I'm at the airport." <laughs> I need a ride. No, I've given. I know I've given a ride to Cafasas. <laughs> yeah, probably on my credit. <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking, right? right? I think that defrays some right. of my uh, 
No, so anyway, I, I had, some of my debt. I had already booked my airfare, and so, but I knew what I was getting into. I'm not mad. I, I don't. I you know, I, I feel like I'd sort of like I lost a bet, but uh, I knew it was a bet. I just thought, though, in times past, they give out the official invitations so late that if you book only when you get wake up in the morning and find the email that says here's the official invitation we're having a thing, you end up paying a, a lot more for airfare right. than if you book it right. in advance. And so I took the gamble to you know try to save some money. Uh, it turns out I'm actually going is, to. I, I, here's the this is the episode where I talk about the accounting of running during fireball. It turns out though I had to pay two. That's what, so that's why you had right. me on. Okay, good. I had to pay a two hundred dollar change fee for both legs of the fight flight. Um, so there you think. Well, now you're out four hundred bucks. And guess what? Yeah, this is shocking. This is really. I know this is going to shock you. American Airlines, in addition to the two hundred dollar change fee for each leg oh, of the God. fight, they charge you tax and service fees on top of that. What for the change fees? <laughs> so it's cut. well. First of all, first of all, it's it's horrible that you have to fly American Airlines. Oh my God! Don't even get me started on it. <laughs> that that's. Do you know the that's story? The, that's really the worst part of the whole story, regardless of the fees. <laughs> but that's terrible. Um, well, Philly. Long story short, Philly used to be dominated by U.S. Air. Uh, it was our. That's we're we're like the biggest oh. U.S. Air hub, and so U.S. Air acquired bought, American right? Airlines. So it's U.S. Air that bought American. Oh, it was the other way around. No, but they kept the American name because it's a better name. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 And maybe no, American right, even has more flights. American might have been the bigger airline, but they were less profitable. American was losing money, and so U.S. Air bought them, um, and and rebranded the whole company as as uh american it was sort of a american. mess for about about eight months where they were like you'd be like going through like kiosks and it'd be like an american desk and a u.s air desk and you show up at the u.s air desk because you have a u.s air ticket and they're like go to american and it's like all right i'll go to american <laughs> and they're like, yeah that's an american flight now uh but anyway they they charge you a service fee on top of the ch- change fee it's My just God. That's like it's like is it run by Ticketmaster? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, let me see there. Here's your here's your convenience fee. Oh, how much did I pay for this? Think about how many how many airlines you've flown over the years that are just gone now. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I, it's it's like the tech. It's kind of like the tech industry for the most part. Yeah, I mean, really. There's, like, is. there's a few that have stuck around for a long period of time, and then there's a crap ton that came and went. Yeah, I I can't. I can't even think of something. I don't think I ever. I was too before my time. I never flew TWA. Um, oh, I flew TWA. I'd see, that's see, that's like a that's like a childhood memory, though. I mean, that's like I remember, TWA reminds me of flying where you got like cloth napkins and you got silverware in a plastic bag, and you had like a you know your dinner was like a like. Um, Salisbury steak <laughs> with a, you know, and you had like a, there was like a dessert and a salad. I mean, there were like four little tray, little like holder things on your tray and the flight attendants were all in uniform, you know, like real, like yeah, they had hats on and <laughs> those were the days. Uh, and there were, and, and there was also a smoking section. <laughs> oh, man. One drawback, there was a smoking section, but you were used to it back then. Um, Taxes and carrier imposed fees, $116. I don't know. I, it's hard to tell from the receipt. I don't know. They might have charged me 
Yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway, $400 plus the ch- taxes and fees. I'm actually going to save money on the trip, though, because the hotels are so much cheaper in San Francisco the next week. Because the initial date, that March 15th week, is coincides with the Game Developer Conference in San Francisco, oh, GDC. Yeah. And uh, I, I, my hotel was like $5,000 a night. <laughs> I don't know. It was like so much that I was really worried about Amy looking at the, the Amex, like thinking that I got a room at the, you know, the four seasons or the ritz carlton or something it's like all of the standard hotels that you know we've stayed at for years and years and years at all these things they're all sold out because all the it, gdc is just insane like because apple's done this before they've had mid-march events and it's coincided with gdc before um and it's just insane john i i mean it's like when you get used to being there for like wwdc or Macworld or something like that it's yeah. like oh yeah this is crowd there's you know thousands of people and i see a lot of friends gdc is like seventy five thousand people or something like that and it is oh like it, it's just absolutely nuts so anyway i'm actually saving money so my thanks to apple for and they're all and they're all wearing fedoras too. <laughs> <laughs> i met i'm sorry i i i i my one of some of my best friends are game developers so please please that's just a joke okay <laughs> Don't don't send don't send letters. Uh, I was a little. I was like, hmm, Monday. Why would they move it to a Monday? And and, and it turns out last year's event was on a Monday too, the mid March event, and that's the one that I missed because uh, I had, my eyeball was would have exploded if I got <laughs> on a plane. Um, so I I missed that one, but it was on a Monday. We were talking about you doing a road trip, right? That was it was it was <laughs> under consideration that maybe I would just drive cross country. <laughs> No, but but then but then the altitude was still a problem. Yeah, it was actually it was like getting on an airplane is like oh my. You needed to stay at sea level. Getting at, no, I needed to stay at whatever sea level I was at. Yeah, right. right. Uh, so I need to stay at like Philadelphia's sea, which is very close. Well, to I think level. you could have gone lower, right? I don't. I, you could go lower. I guess so. Yeah, I guess you don't want to go. You don't want to go higher. Uh, you know that. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you could. It would implode if you went lower. It would explode if you went higher. Yeah, but like, uh, like the train ride from Philly to New York City was fine because it's just it doesn't go up, doesn't go down. It's just from yeah. New Jersey. Um, but going through like the Rockies would have been a problem. Like the uh, going right. on an airplane was like, oh my god, your eyeball will explode <laughs> and it'll be excruciatingly painful. Going like going up an elevation was like. Maybe nothing will happen, but you don't you don't really want to take a chance. Yeah. Um, but any- well, like I mean, anybody anybody who's flown with a cold knows something about that, right? right. I mean, you know the effect <laughs> that happens if you've flown with a cold, which is horrible. I mean, you you just like you're in constant pain. <laughs> I'm s- in the same way that like the first time you've ever experimented with margaritas in your early twenties. <laughs> And then you wake up and you say, I'm, "It was, it was, it was my right. ties." When you, when you, the first time you've ever told yourself, "I'm never drinking again." <laughs> uh, it's that's what flying with a cold is like. I, I've only done. I've always gotten lucky in my life. I don't get sick that much. I'm pretty healthy, and I've only. I think I can only remember a handful of times. Um, but I remember one time, man, my sinuses. Uh, it just felt like. I mean, it just felt like the dentist was going up like through the through my eye to get to my teeth mm-hmm. <laughs> like for the whole four hour flight. <laughs> I, well, Jonas goes, Jonas goes to a fancy school, right? So, um, he doesn't get, he doesn't bring a cold home. Oh, you gotta be yeah, kidding so. me. <laughs> 
Hank goes to public school, so we get we get I don't think there's time. any difference at all <laughs> whatsoever. Kids are disgusting. They're all disgusting. And there's absolutely no uh They really are. No, there's there's no difference. Um Jonas is pretty healthy though. He's always I think he got it from Amy. He's even more healthier even healthier than I am, I think. But when he was like kindergarten and first grade, man, it was, we were all getting sick all the time. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought that the, the Monday date was weird. Maybe they wanted Monday anyway, but the old rumor was for Tuesday. But it turns out that there's like a congressional <laughs> – this is a very long talk show digression. Turns out <laughs> that there is a a, a, a a some kind of thing in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday the 22nd involving uh, the Apple <laughs> FBI thing. And so I think that they some, some kind of thing, right? But that they, they, you know, don't want to have product in, in, introduction the same day as that. Um, but now I saw today that Bruce Sewell is testifying tomorrow in D.C. So maybe there's like two different things. I, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but that there's a. It just yeah, there are there are two different okay. things. So what you know what yeah. it is like tomorrow he's testifying. I don't, I'm not sure what the difference is. I I read both of them, but I can't yeah. I can't think of what the difference is. Uh, Maybe the twenty second is an actual hearing or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's just. Yeah, maybe he's just. I don't th- think his thing is necessarily public, but I'm not positive. Let's see what the. And then the other the other thing is public, is is like in front of Congress, right? Yeah, that's tomorrow, which seems like a real shit show. Oh, the the public one is the public one. I think tomorrow? it's public. Oh, and okay. It's the one that he already released an opening statement for. Okay. Um. That's the one where you're just parading before some grandstanding Congress people, and you just have to sit there and listen to them yell at you. Yell at you, sure. Or say whatever they want to say. Right. I think that. <laughs> I think it's going to be a difficult day to be Bruce Sewell tomorrow. <laughs> Tim Cook's done it. Cook has done it. Like on the, I remember, like, remember he, yeah, on the taxes on that, thing. Yeah. Which I think is is a. At least, at least the people who disagree with Apple's perspective on that, I think that they actually have a leg to stand on in terms and and you know, it, not that Apple is peop- the people the people who disagree with Apple have a leg to yeah, stand on. Yeah, the people who say you should be you should repatriate the money and pay your taxes. That there's some you, some sense to the argument. It's not you're not arguing like a fantasy thing, but I don't know. I mean, I think in a way they are. I mean, I think what the the argument about the the iPhone is what the law right, is, right? Exactly, and there's whereas whereas that's not as ambiguous with the tax thing. Right. They are they are actually complying with the law. It's just that the law is is letting them get away with murder, kind of. Right. Exactly. <laughs> tax murder. Right. <laughs> tax murder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we'll collect all the taxes. The only way we wouldn't collect the taxes would be if some crazy company wanted to, you know, I don't know, put a hundred billion dollars in an offshore account in Ireland. <laughs> I mean, who's going to keep a hundred billion dollars in a? Oh, how do we not? How do we not think of that? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's because people in business wrote the tax law. I can't help but think though that Apple's not happy about. And who knows? Maybe this uh, March twenty second thing with Bruce Sewell in DC will come and go, and and people will be tired of the whole FBI argument by then. But I can't help but think that whatever caused them to to change their date for this event, it's not good news because I think even though it's a day before, I think they'd rather have like a whole week of uh, I don't know what you would call it sunshine, you know, where the news about Apple is this new yeah. iPhone and the new iPad, yeah. uh, and maybe get people to stop talking about the FBI thing for a week and concentrate on the products whereas now they've got 24 hours 
Well, yeah, or maybe they think that whatever they're announcing is going to be good enough that they're going to overshadow it a little bit, or at least there's a chance of that. Well, I just think you can't, you know, like the show, it's sort of like a show must go on situation. You know, it is what it is, and they obviously weren't prepared for this. I mean, one thing we know about this whole FBI thing is that Apple was taken by surprise. I mean, Tim Cook said on ABC that he found out about it after the press did. The press was notified about it before Apple was, which is, again, not the FBI's proudest moment, in my opinion. But, you know, with somebody who is, you know, Apple, who is not a criminal suspect, it's not like... (laughs) like, It's not like when you... When Tim Cook, uh, you know, acts is a little bit upset, I think rightly so, that Apple found out about it through the press. It's not like they're the subject of a criminal investigation. They're supposedly Apple, you know, trying to partner with the FBI to to do the best they can in this situation. Yeah. But they kind of got publicly sandbagged. So uh, do we want to talk about guesses for... Yeah, maybe. Why don't I take a break, though, and uh, yeah. thank our next friend of the show... Um, this is a, a brand new sponsor. First time on the talk show. First time I've ever heard of them. They're a company called Squarespace. Uh, Squarespace is an all-in-one uh, service where you can build and host and design and create and tweak your own website. Are you sure you're pronouncing that correctly? Uh, I don't have any notes on pronunciation, so I think it's all right. It's well, we'll just have to go with what SQ. You, what your gut? You, I can't see it in front of me, so I don't really. It's know. just the so two. We'll, we'll go with your it's gut. It's just the two words "square" and "space" pushed up against each other, and the website is um, squarespace.com. Okay. All right, so you go. This is amazing. I've checked this out. It is absolutely, positively amazing. You go to squarespace.com and you sign up. Number one, you can sign up and you just get started before you even pay them. So you can just like start building the website you're thinking about building and then see if it actually turns out the way you want it. And then you don't pay until later. Um, and they have all of these. I mean, it's just, when I say all of these, I mean, it's just an incredible number of professionally designed templates and starting points for different types of sites. Like maybe you're building a store, maybe somebody else is a designer and they're trying to build a portfolio of their work. Uh, maybe somebody else is just trying to build a teaser page for like an upcoming app and you just want one of those pages that's just like one, just the whole site is just one page and it just gives you like a teaser about what's coming in the service. Any of those things you could do at Squarespace. You can host a podcast at Squarespace uh, and they even, you know, have like an audio player and stuff like that. So you can, you know, have the, the you know, people can hit play right there on the webpage, everything like that. You can have a blog, all of this stuff, one service. They do the hosting. It's not like you build the site and then they give you a bunch of PHP files that you have to go to a web host and upload them. No, that the Squarespace, the, the the thing where you design it, it's all WYSIWYG. You do it right there, and then when you're done, you just you know say go public, and the, the thing that you were making, it that just is your website. It's really amazing. I've never heard of anything quite like this. Um, so you can get a free trial today at squarespace.com. Like I said, it's a free trial. You don't start paying until later. When you do decide to sign up because you're like, wow, I got to keep this website. I made it. I got to keep it. Just remember the code Gruber, my last name, G-R-U-B-E-R, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. That could be a lot of money. You could just prepay for a whole year. Uh, that's like getting, uh, I, don't, I don't know, 36 days for free. So just remember that, squarespace.com. Uh, my last name, Gruber, is the offer code, and it'll save you a bunch of bucks. Go check them out. I think this company is is going somewhere. Never heard of anything like it. Um, yeah, so prediction. What do you want to do? Talk about what we expect? I guess. 
I don't know. I mean, I, you know, like I, it sounds like I don't think I have anything. Uh, I certainly don't have any other predictions other than what it seems like, you know, what, what we already talked about, which is um, a smaller iPhone, uh, an updated iPad and Apple watch bands yeah. and maybe, I don't know, maybe some faces or something, um, which I just added. I just made that up. Um well, I took I, I'm I'm much more interested in talking about the fact that I am probably going to get this phone. <laughs> All right, but that's a <laughs> so we do know a lot. Or we think we know a lot thanks to Scoop Gurman. Um, we don't know everything though, and there's some interesting questions in there. So one of the things is that the the rumor, and it's, you know, I think there's other sources for this too, including um, uh, who's that analyst? Uh, he's got good sources over in uh, the supply chain. Ming something. Ming Chu Yeah, Ming Chu Kuo. Uh, has backed this up too, that the phone is going to have the A9 uh, system on a chip. Maybe underclocked, maybe not clocked quite as fast as the, on the iPhone 6 and 6, 6S and 6 Plus, but um, same generation CPU as today's top-of-the-line iPhones. Same generation, at least. Um, what? But so, in other words, it's not like, hey, this is like a year-old tech phone. This is like, you know, hey, six-month-old phone. You know, it's only half half year off the main cycle. Um, but it won't. But it's not supposed to have three D. No, it won't have three. Right. The one, I guess, the yeah. one flagship thing it's missing is three D touch. And who knows? Maybe right. it, like the iPad, maybe it, like the iPad Mini, and maybe it'll have the year-old uh, Touch ID sensor. That's it looks exactly the same, but it works oh. a little slower. So it's slower. Yeah. Um, which I actually, I might upgrade to that. No, even after, yeah, because I've heard after all of these. Some years, people complain about that. I still get it that I I still that that button is so much more convenient to just wake up the phone and look at the lock screen. Like the problem is they made Apple has made the lock screen so much more useful now that it shows like your most recent notifications that I want to see the lock screen a lot, and they've made it impossible to get to the lock screen using <laughs> your your thumb on the Touch ID button um because it's so yeah. damn fast so anyway i wouldn't even call that a, a downside um uh but i'm wondering i don't i i'm I, wondering yeah i i mean i our, our friend albert complains about that too but i don't i don't i mean i i if you anyway it, <laughs> you can tap the side but you can use the side button or if you use the tip of your thumb yeah. instead of the flat part you can get it to do what you want right. it, it it's it's <laughs> I don't have a lot of patience for that argument. It's, <laughs> it's not my strongest complaint against, against an Apple product. I'll admit. This thing is too fast. Right. <laughs> right. My Porsche is just, it's just, this car is too fast. It's too fast. <laughs> and good looking, yeah. too. Oh, my God. Yeah, nobody. It makes me look terrible. I look terrible standing next to it. My Porsche, every, nobody ever shuts up about how beautiful my, my car is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's so annoying. Um, I'm curious, and you know, this is a sort of thing that hasn't leaked yet. Like, what type of storage capacities is it going to have? Is this? I think that it's going to, you know, have a couple of options. You know, at a hundred dollars apart. But that I had heard. I well, at one point, I had seen sixteen sixty four. That like, which is, I think, what most of them go right. Yeah. Well, don't they do sixteen thirty two? Oh no, that no, no, thirty two is the no. thing we've been talking about for right. three years. Right. 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 That's the terrible right. thing. But that they won't have one. They're going to do that jerky thing that they that the rest of them do. Right, sixteen and sixty four makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm guessing. And then the other big question is how good is the camera going to be? And you know, it, that's the sort of thing that it's 
Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. And I know, I understand that that's important. I mean, and that's important for lots of people. Um, it's not important for me because I, I keep saying this, but I feel like the camera surpassed my ability to take a good picture, like three generations ago. So I'm happy going back to, I mean, certainly if like, if it's the six, I'm perfectly happy going back to that. Even if it's like the five S I'm happy going back to that too. I mean, the only thing I think I would miss is 3d touch, which I have come to rely on a little bit. But I think for to get a smaller phone, I will actually, I will actually be willing to give that up. Yeah, it's interesting. I can't wait to see how they do this and how Apple um, portrays the camera. Like both, I'm, I'm most interested in how the camera actually is, of course. But I'm very interested to see how Apple talks about the camera and the ways that it's, you know, what's good about it and how do they position it compared to the iPhone 6s and 6s Plus, which, by all accounts. And but just by common sense, because they're almost certainly going to be more expensive, have a superior camera. I think it's going to wind up. My guess is that it's it is its own camera. You know that it's not like they took the camera from the blank iPhone and stuck it in this. That you know that this device mm-hmm. is different enough from anything that's come before it that it's got its own camera. And where it falls on the spectrum is in in some degrees technically measurable, and in other ways is subjective. Yeah. I mean, you can take a side-by-side picture at the exact same lighting from the exact same spot and then compare the resulting files and look for things like noise and, you know, how how how, you know, how bright it looks in low lighting or something like that. But in other ways, you know, it's like it's like you said, in a lot of ways it's just it it long ago surpassed most of our abilities, you know, like there when the the shot with iPhone campaign started a year ago when the best phone was the iPhone 6, there are people who shot photos that are way better than any photo I'm ever going to take in a million years with the <laughs> with the iPhone 15, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like 10 years from now when the f- cameras are absolutely amazing, I'm never going to take a picture as beautiful as the one that's, that Apple chose to put on a yeah. billboard that were taken with the iPhone 6 yeah. last year. I mean, the people took yeah. some amazing photos with those things. Um, what's making you think that you're going to, that you want the phone? I mean, we've talked about, this. I just, it's just, yeah, just the size. I mean, I, I have been, I've been unhappy with the, the size of the six and the success. All um, things considered, and maybe even like up to, again, to bring up the year anniversary date up to 13 months ago, I would, I wouldn't hesitate. I would be waiting in line to get the four inch phone. I've got here. I have one on my desk. I just keep it here to make me sad. I have my iPhone. <laughs> I have my, yeah, I have actually, yeah. I have my, my regular I have my iPhone 5S right here, and now I've got it in my hand, and I'm in love. I love the way this device feels in my hand. <laughs> my big thing... Sometimes I, sometimes I pick up a 4 and think, man, that's really nice, oh, too. I expect to really I mean, love the feel of this phone. My thing is with my, my yeah. vision, the combination of I've got one bad eye, and then my good eye is really running into the mid-40s presbyopia. Like, I need reading glasses, uh, and so the bigger size of the other one. But on the other hand, I keep thinking to myself, I don't run my six in the big screen mode. You know what I mean? Like there's the, the yeah, mode. Re- neither, do, neither do I, and my eyesight's going too. So I wonder, maybe I'll be, you know, I'll see less, you know, but I, I was always fine with that, you know, like, and most of, honestly, I'll tell you the truth, most of what I read on the phone is Twitter. So the fact that you don't mm-hmm. see a lot at once is fine because the whole tweet is always there and you just sit there and flick your thumb. Yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey, what- the one the the one thing the one thing I do like about the six S is how I mean you know apart from the you know we talked about the lock screen thing but in general it's just crazy fast. 
Well, and this should have the same thing, right? Because it's got even if it's an under slightly underclocked A nine, it still yeah. should be way faster than even the uh, iPhone six. And I think a lot of the things that the iPhone that the A nine makes feel fast, like you just don't wait for stuff. Uh, it should all I would guess will be true on this new phone. Yeah, and maybe yeah. I mean, even if it's underclocked, maybe the smaller screen makes up for it. Yeah, exactly. Because there will be fewer pixels to push. So some anything that is like graphics constrained, you know, it's, it's yeah. going to be easier. Everything should be easier. Um, I, I'm just holding this phone here, and the thing that just it just strikes me is there's a reason why I never dropped one of these, <laughs> and I have dropped. I haven't dropped my success. I've never dropped my success, but I did drop my six last year twice. I had two drops and it broke both times. I have not, I have been lucky enough not to drop it, um, but I feel uneasy about it all right. the time. But this feels like a type of phone that you can, you know, you just walk around anywhere. You just walk around with the phone in your hand. You're, yeah. You know, don't worry about it. It's never going to yeah. come out of here. I mean, it's, you know, I think people all, everybody has their own set of parameters that they want to satisfy. And I mean, some people would rather have a large phone and maybe not have an iPad. Right. I mean, it seems like there's probably a lot of people, which is maybe why the iPad isn't doing as well. As I think that's a huge part of it. Huge part. Yeah. Of it. Um, I would rather have a small phone and a big iPad. Right. Yeah. I think that for some people, maybe they don't buy iPads because it's like, eh, I've already got my MacBook Air or whatever I walk around with all the time. Um, but I definitely think that that for a lot of people, I know, I, I know this, it's not even a thing. I know I've heard from them who they email me. They, they write to me on Twitter, an awful lot of people who, especially the plus users who are like, this is my iPad. You know, I read books, mm -hmm. I, you know, mm -hmm. I don't need it. I and it's so yeah. great. Uh, you know, and this is an argument that we've had ever since, you know, power books first came out is, and it's gotten so much better over the years with Dropbox and stuff like that. But it, the the trade-offs between having multiple devices versus one device, right? If you've got this one device, you just know it's already there, yeah. right? And for however much the cloud, you know, for Dropbox or iCloud documents and all that stuff uh, has gotten easier and it continues to get easier. You know, an IMAP for email instead of POP for email and all these things that keep stuff so that you can keep multiple devices in sync. If you just have one device, you just know it, right? And you get, and, it, and it's like you, you almost like you get like that muscle memory. If you spend all of your time on one device, it's like you just yeah. get faster and faster and you don't even think about it. Yeah. It used to be, it used to be a big decision point between whether you got a fast laptop or you got like a slow laptop and a fast desktop. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I used to talk about that on the and, show in the old days, long all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, went back and forth, and never was like on one side. I've done it both ways, and they were always it was the trade offs were so complicated, and and it, it it was so hard to make that decision. Yeah, and I feel I mean I'm, for the most part now I've just been relying on a fairly fast laptop, but not super fast. I mean, like you know, I I got into the, I got into this problem, but I wanted to play Firewatch. And it would not play. It doesn't play on my laptop, and I didn't have a PS4, so I eventually I had to play it. I played it on my son's computer. <laughs> so I had to buy. <laughs> that was the fastest computer in the so house. So I had to buy a PS4. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that for a long time, and then all of a sudden it hit me. Wait, I could use my son's computer. <laughs> oh man, did you like Firewatch? I did. Let's, I like. Let's, file, I let's Firewatch come back to it. A bit. Yeah, let's remind me. Yeah, of okay. Fire. Yeah, because yeah. um, I don't think I've talked about it on this show. I talked about it with. Uh, Topolsky on his show 
but I didn't talk about it here, I don't think. Um, so that that also brings us, though, to the iPad, the new iPad Pro, which is supposedly coming. Um, that the replacement, I guess, or the next generation of what we now know is the iPad Air, Scoop Garman says they're going to call it the, uh, the iPad Pro. Uh, and then just put, like, parentheses, 9.7-inch. Um, which, in addition to the fact that, you know, I mean, Gurman's record is pretty good. And it's the closer we get, the more likely that these that the leaks are accurate. Um, I think it, it passes the common sense test. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I don't think I don't. It doesn't sound not that Apple hasn't ever right. released a product that fails the common sense test regarding its right. name. But in this case, I think it makes sense that the iPad Pro is an iPad that, you know, uh, what are the features of the iPad Pro? Four speakers, or at least you know stereo speakers. I think you have to have four though, because you're you can. It, otherwise, you can't turn it around sideways and still have it in stereo. So, you know, no more just one big speaker. It's four speakers. You get stereo, uh, pencil support. Um, I don't know what else. The, the keyboard. Oh yes, 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 and the the little thing on the side, the new the new port for the smart keyboard. Yeah, that's the big one. Right. And any yeah. iPad that has those things is an iPad Pro. And you yeah. just pick which size you want. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they're putting those things in that, it, does, it certainly doesn't make it, any sense to call it the iPad Air, even if it's the same size. And, you know, so the other argument is just call it the iPad. But then you don't really get that sort of branding effect of like, but it's got all these other things that go along with the iPad. Right. I think the difference. And so for example, obviously the MacBook shows that Apple is willing to just have a, you know, product that is without a modifier, no adjective, just the product, you know, the family name. I think the difference is that the iPad pro has these flagship features well, again, whatever size iPad Pro it is, the big one that we already have or this new one that is supposedly imminent, but it has the smart keyboard adapter. It has uh, pencil support that these things make it a Pro, whereas the the MacBook doesn't really have anything except it, except its extraordinary mm-hmm. weight and size. I didn't mean to be that dismissive of it, but, you know, that there's no – there is no thing that the, the MacBook does that you, you know, that you would call a Pro feature. No, certainly yeah. not. If anything, it's the opposite. <laughs> I mean, not that it's not a bad, not that it's a bad device. Amy and I, just Amy that. just saw one for the first time. I, I, I did not get like a review unit or anything of that. Um, uh, so I, I've, I've never had, I've never had used one except in a store. And we were in an Apple store the other day, and and Amy saw it for the first time. She's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> she honestly didn't really. I, I think she might have heard of it, but she really hadn't realized like, and and she said it like, but it was a, it was. It was both with disdain and kind of like impressed. Like this is amazing, but why would anybody buy this thing? Why not just buy an iPad? That was her take. Huh. I said, "Well, people want a keyboard," and she goes, "But this keyboard sucks." <laughs> <laughs> and I was wow. like, "Well, that's you know, that's a I mean, our family keep people. We're we're everybody in the family. Yeah, is you're you're pretty hardcore. Like keyboard, pretty hardcore yeah. on the on the keyboard. We're not like that. We're not like that. Um, I I tried that. I mean, I've used that keyboard, and I would easily switch to that keyboard um and i would i like that device and i like the trackpad and i would but i hoping that the next one will be at least a little more powerful right. and and possibly I, maybe have have another point i think that could, i think it would be a huge upgrade i think that i think it's got to be yeah. so much faster i think that i think the first one was about putting a 
flag and a stick in the ground saying this is how thin and light mm-hmm. these things should be. And now they've got a year to actually get the tech to actually support it. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Because, yeah, my so my and I've got uh, a 10-inch – is it 10 or 11? I can't even remember. The, the small air. 11. And – yeah, okay, 11. And uh I've had it's a 2012. So I'm kind of you're pushing holding it, yeah. out. I thought I really thought about buying buying a new computer in the fall, but I thought, yeah, I got to see what that next MacBook is going to be. I think for. the next MacBook, my, I don't know anything about it. I just suspect that it's going to be very compelling, especially if you can get by with the keyboard. I could I'm sure I could adjust to the keyboard. Any hardware keyboard I could get used to. It's it, it yeah. t- I mean you're not going to you're not going to use that keyboard at home anyway. No. No. Um but sometimes when I'm using I and I obviously do most of my writing at my desk with my big old clickety clack keyboard, but when I am traveling though, sometimes I actually have to do a lot of writing. Like I'm more your your steampunk keyboard. Right. The yeah. only reason I'm I am traveling most half the time is because I have something to write about because it's an Apple event or whatever. Yeah. Um I, the big question that people have, we have to get to it, is what is the pricing on the iPad Pro going to be? The new, this new smaller one, is it going to be as in the ballpark of the expense of the big one? Another, and then therefore meaning that they would, and, and and Tim Cook's Apple. I mean, it is obvious. This is obvious to anybody who even pays half attention to the company. One of the differences between Tim Cook's Apple and Steve Jobs's Apple is that Tim Cook's Apple keeps the older ones around longer as opposed to wiping the family mm-hmm. clean and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, you like the uh you like the uh uh iPod uh, mini? Now, we don't make it anymore. It's gone." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was the most popular thing we made. Yeah, single mo- actually it's the most popular thing this company's ever made. Yeah, but we <laughs> we took all How do you like that? Yeah, huh? Guess huh? what? Huh? We actually had a bunch of them left and we dumped them in the Pacific Ocean. Because that's how much <laughs> that's how much I like this iP- iPod Nano better. Right, that was Steve Jobs. Uh, it, I think it's almost certain that the iPad Air two will stay around in some way at sixteen gigabytes and at some kind of you know lower price point. Uh, I, I would I would be flabbergasted if they don't because it would be so out of character for Tim Cook's Apple. The question though is with the um, the big iPad Pro, the one that's already out, the twelve inch one, the thirteen inch, whatever it is. It starts at seven ninety nine, but Boy, you know that's the 32 gigabyte one with Wi-Fi. If you want cellular, you're up to 1079 for 128 gigabytes. And those are your only options on the the existing iPad Pro. You have just have three to choose from: 32, that's Wi-Fi only; 128 mm-hmm. with Wi-Fi only, or 128 with Wi-Fi and cellular. So, in some ways, it's commendable because it's a lot, a lot simpler of a product matrix than a lot of Apple's other products. But on the other hand, boy, that you know. I'm not quite sure how much less this one will cost if the only difference is the display. And does that leave a hole in the lineup yeah. where the main, you know, people who want to spend five or six hundred bucks on an iPad uh, are still buying the iPad Air too? Lots and lots of people on Twitter asking me, "What do I think this thing's going to cost?" And I really don't know. I'm terrible at I'm terrible at that. Yeah, it seems. Is the base iPad still sixteen for the the air? Well, let's see. I'm trying to. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, they still s- talk about right, talk about yourselves right now. They still sell. Yeah, so sixty. Yeah, so sixteen is the is the five hundred dollar iPad uh, Air two <laughs> for. Did what, what did I say? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> then it goes to so 128. They've got iPads. I mean, if you just look at the compare, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I'm almost sure. I would hope that at the very least they're going to get rid of the iPad Air 1. That's gone. And they'll just have two iPad minis, the Mini 4 and the Mini 2, <laughs> and all these different configurations. <laughs> and then the... Uh, it, the I don't know. Is it a previous incurrence? Is this a problem? I don't know. I guess I I would maybe suggest it's just weird. I don't think it's like a well. I mean, I clearly iPads having problems, but I don't think it's no the fact that there's an iPad here. No, and it's easy to get started either. Like if you walk in a store and you don't know which one to buy, it's easy to get started by saying, "Well, which size one do you want?" And then people can start by saying, "Well, I just I want this size." And then from there, it's it's already simplified dramatically. And the picking between the colors that's that's not a complicating issue. That's just that's easy, right? That's you just know which one you like better and you pick it. That doesn't. I, I don't count that. Like if there's three colors available, yeah. I don't yeah. count that as tripling the complexity. Um, no. And then when it comes to, I to me the toughest decision for somebody who's getting an iPad is the do you get the Wi-Fi or do you get the Wi-Fi and cellular. That to me is a really tough one, and when family members ask mm. me advice, I don't have a problem with that huh? because I mean I because to me I would just use tethering right from your phone. Yeah. So I don't. I never. I will never buy it. I mean, a, a cellular capable iPad again. Probably I do. I buy them because uh, and Amy does the same thing that we both have AT and T iPads and we have Verizon phones, and when traveling that. Oh, okay. That can be. Yeah, I can see that. I, right. I've been. I should keep track of it, though. I have found, though, it, anecdotally, in the last year, I have found that l- fewer and fewer times do I need to worry. You know that the Verizon signal at airports and stuff like that is good enough that I don't find myself doing that. But well, I've always found Verizon's coverage to be better than AT and T's. Um, so if I were to do it, I would probably. Can you even do this? Um, would do. Verizon phone, which is what I already do, and then um, T-Mobile. Yeah, I would get that's if, if I get a new I, next time I buy an iPad. If I do get cellular, I'm going to buy T-Mobile instead of AT&T. Yeah, because then you like you're in downtown someplace and you can get like wicked. Fast. And you also feel like you're giving your money to a company that actually maybe <laughs> you feel good about giving some money to. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of regret that I didn't switch my our phones to T-Mobile, and at this point, what. Well, yeah, and you guys are downtown. Yeah. Like, you're in a you're in a pretty well covered area. We, I, I wrote a, uh, I did a review of of phones last year for, or, or uh, not not phones of um, cellular cellular providers in the Seattle area, um, and so uh, for Tom's Hardware, and so they sent me all these phones, and I drove around and tried them in different areas, and T-Mobile came up the best, and so I was like, oh, I, maybe we should move to T-Mobile. But not at our house. <laughs> that was a bit of a that was the problem. It, downtown Seattle, it was crazy fast. It was fantastic. But uh, when I drove home, no, yeah. <laughs> couldn't get a signal. I mean, couldn't get a good signal. Right. So uh, here's the price lineup of the iPads now. So the Wi-Fi ones go from 400 to 700, and that expands the gamut from 
iPad Air 1 with only 16 gigs up to a 128 gigabyte iPad Air 2. Can they just replace, can they do an iPad Pro at the 9.7 inch size that's in this $500, $600, $700 range? I don't know. It's. I think they won't. It's a big. I think it'll be, I'm going to guess, here's my guess. Um, and yeah. you know it's worth what you're paying for is um a 16 gigabyte iPad Pro no I don't think for... they'll do I don't think they'll do 16. no you don't think I so think that if oh no 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 that's right that's right no I know that I actually came up with this earlier and I I'm misstating what I thought 32 right. it'll start at 32 right. um, at 600 and then it'll do 64 at 700. And then eight hundred. Maybe for... they'll do like the other pro though, and just jump right to one twenty eight. I don't know. That's a big. Gu- that's a big jump though. Maybe they want to have those hundred dollar increments because that jump and that jump is two hundred and fifty bucks. So with the the big thirteen inch iPad Pro, it goes from eight hundred to nine fifty if you if you go from thirty two to one twenty eight. So with the current thirteen inch iPad Pro, the jumps from eight hundred. I'm going to skip Apple's goofy ninety nine numbering. I'm going to add a dollar to every price. It goes from eight hundred to nine fifty to go from thirty two to one twenty eight. So it's only a hundred and fifty dollar gap when you go all the way from thirty two to one twenty eight. Can they can they go two hundred dollars by going thirty two sixty four one twenty eight? It seems weird that the bigger one could could go from 32 to 128 for quote unquote only $150 but then the 9.7 one would go in $100 increments. I don't think the 9.7 one will go. Well, uh, I think maybe it won't go to 128. Right. Well, but they are but it'll the be, iPad it'll be 30 no. it'll be 32.64. No, the iPad Air 2 already goes to 128. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll don't, Oh don't yeah. Don't annoy me with these Yeah, facts. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows. I <laughs> Maybe the maybe they'll simplify and just go thirty two one twenty eight. I don't know, and have a hundred and fifty dollar jump in there. And then if you want a sixteen gigabyte iPad, you you just buy the Air two, right? Buy the Air two. You know, I think Pro definitely starts at thirty two. It's and it's totally yeah. yeah. And again, and yeah, it's it such a big difference given that iOS itself is around like eight gigabytes or something like that. Like the usable space difference between sixteen and thirty two is it's just. It's way bigger than the numbers alone make it seem. Yeah. And now, now you get a special edition, um, three hundred and forty gigabyte <laughs> d- uh, device, right? But, um, but I've been I've been getting sixty four for most everything now, and that's been great. Whereas for a while, I was struggling with thirty two. Yeah. I could get by um, with thirty two um, even. Uh, it's it's hard now. Yeah, because there's certain you know there's some just I don't even play a lot of games, but a handful of games or a, if you load up on movies for a flight or something like that. Sixty sixty four is the sweet spot for me for an iPad. Where if I have sixty four, I don't think I'm ever going to run out of space. And if I do, I think there'd be some kind of you know I can delete like the whole season of Mad Men that I already watched or whatever. There's something that I can delete to easily free up the space. And I just don't have to worry yeah. about it. And, you know, one of the reasons, and I have to say it, it's, you know, I don't want to go on a whole digression about it, but for me at least, the the way that iCloud Photo Library works and that it just downloads the files when you need them and you don't have to use it, it's, it's like I feel like I can get all my photos on my iPad and I don't have all the space taken up with all my f- photos on my iPad. It mm-hmm. really, you know, I hate to say it, but it's a service that Apple really nailed, you know, 
does what it does what it claims to on the tin. Here's a weird one. I, st- I still don't use it. <laughs> Here's a weird one. The iPad, <laughs> the iPad Air. I, this is so weird. The iPad Air, the one, the iPad Air one. If you get the Wi-Fi only model or either model, the two sizes are sixteen and thirty-two, and they're only separated by fifty bucks. Like really, yeah, three ninety-nine to four nine four forty-nine, and then the cellular one what? is five twenty-nine to five seventy-nine. Like it for the two? No, no. iPad Air no, one. The Air. iPad Air the one. Air there one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But it's like, man, right. for fifty bucks, just get rid of the sixteen gigabyte. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they must. There must be. Well, I don't know. It, it, I was gonna say they must think they have a reason, but at the same time, they're not selling as many iPads. All right, and it's not even a hundred dollar upsell. Maybe they are doing. Maybe they are doing the wrong thing. Just fifty bucks. Uh, so the iPad. <laughs> so that's the big question: is how, what are the new iPad? This new iPad Pro that's only nine point seven inches. What is it going to cost? Is it going to be a hundred dollars more than the comparable Air twos right now because it's got all this fancy new stuff? I don't know. Well, the other thing, the other thing is, I probably want it to be a hundred dollars more because I just bought an iPad Air two in the fall. <laughs> so, and you would also, <laughs> which is just perfect. Timing. You would also like to have it uh, have like a sharp edge that gives you a nasty paper cut <laughs> <laughs> and a shock. It'll give you a shock every once in a while, and it only gets two hours of battery life, <laughs> and it runs extremely hot. <laughs> it, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. It's we're releasing it in February because it's 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 a lot warmer. It'll keep people warm. I guess they're releasing it in March. I no, March. Work. Yeah, March. It's, it'll be March tomorrow. Yeah. But not yet. When we record it. When we record it. Yeah. Um I saw a thing today to so record we'll probably never record on Leap Day again. That's right. Yeah, well. We'll record podcasts again. But it's, you know, it seems right. right. Yeah, it's not the chances are slim. Right. The chances are pretty slim that you and I will ever record on Leap Day again. And a Monday and a Monday night is not <laughs> also unusual. It is a little bit. Oh. I saw a thing today that said, uh, oh boy, I guess I should write this down and put it in the show notes, see if I can find it again. Um, that births go way down on Leap Day. And uh, not just C-sections, oh. where you would think that there'd be some control, because a lot of times when when, when the mother has a C-section, you can kind of plan it, and you can be like, well, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but even natural births, even uh, vaginal births, go down on leap day, which would suggest that... Well, there's... I mean, aren't there supposedly like little things that you can do? I, apparently, that is. And and the, the, the graph, it's, it's not subtle. It's, it's really, really serious. Yeah, because like my sister-in-law, I remember, uh, you know, like I think uh, one of the kids was late, and the doctor said, "Go home and have a glass of red wine." Hmm. Really? <laughs> and, so, and she did, and like <laughs> twenty-four hours later, new kid. Uh, would you mind having a leap day birthday? I mean, I don't know. What I mean. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I guess, I guess a it's a little odd. Wine. I mean, as opposed to if I if I had a choice as to have one or not, I would say I would rather not. But um, I like my son's birthday is just a few days after Christmas, which I think is is lousy. <laughs> is a bum is a bum draw. Amy's is is a handful of days before Christmas, and trust me, I've heard that it, it's a bum draw. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, she's at she's at a bum dog on Christmas in general. So the the way that they do it, I've always so the way they do it is if your birthday's February twenty nine, you celebrate on the other years. You celebrate on March first. And I, yeah. to me, that's the thing. And as a kid, that always I, I see the logic of it, where your birthday is the day after February twenty eighth. Um, but I, I the, one of the things that I think puts a sour taste in people's mouths with a a, a leap day birthday is it. I, I would I think it would make more sense to celebrate it on February twenty eighth, and say that your birthday is the last day of February. Because to me, part of your birthday is the month. You know, like, are you a March person? Are you an October person? Are you a December person? Oh, near Christmas. You know, it's the month matters. And so even if you're at, like, the last day of the month, it's like you you feel like you're a February birthday person, right? And that's how the uh, – Yeah. Isn't that how the old horoscopes work? Do people still do horoscopes? Oh, well, sure. Some people do. Uh, but that's it, – it's like the cutoff date is the month, though, right? It's like, so like, what, all of a sudden you're not a Pisces anymore? Now you're a, a whatever the hell it is? Well, I guess it's when it's the month you were born in. I just so. feel like it, it, it changes the, yeah. it changes the, the feel on that. I guess in general, I guess I'm glad I wasn't born on February 29. I think people who, yeah, you know, I think people who are pulling shenanigans not to have a baby on the day, I don't know about that. <laughs> you're glad you're glad you're going to burn that day, but you you don't think anybody should should uh, well to, should avoid it. Yeah, <laughs> that's typical. That's typically that's that's typical. I've got I got mine <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I got my birthday that occurs every year. <laughs> the rest, it's February 29th for the rest of you suckers. Have I ever? I, I might have mentioned this on the air before. Have I ever told you about the time Michael Lop missed his birthday? No, I don't think so. So for Webstock, two years ago, three years ago, last time I oh, went to yeah, Webstock. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 uh, yes, friend, yes, Because he, he flew around the world. Friend of the show, a uh, good personal friend of mine, Michael Lopp, was going to Webstock. I was going, and Michael Lopp got on an airplane and in California the day before his birthday and <laughs> flew over the Pacific and got off the plane <laughs> in New Zealand the day after his birthday. <laughs> Damn it. And... Jonas came with us that trip because it, it coincided with like a uh, the fall break for his school or spring break for his school and 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 uh, uh, Jonas was just astounded, just absolutely positive as like a he was like eight or nine at the time, just astounded that so, that this could happen to you <laughs> that you you could lose your birthday <laughs> you could get cheated. because when you're a kid, however much you love your birthday, you know throughout your life, when you're a kid, your birthday is a national holiday. I mean, right. it's you're getting you're not getting cheated out of you know uh, the last Snickers. You know you're getting cheated out of a your goddamn birthday. And he came back, <laughs> and then it was like you come back, and it's like you got you know. I guess he missed like it was like there was he had a bunch of days off, but he still missed a day or two of school. And so it's like you know well, what did you do on your trip and whatever. And the whole th- discussion was about my dad's friend who lost a birthday, and it, and everybody all of his friends were like what? And he like explained what? it, and no. then the teacher was like oh yeah the international dateline, and like they got out a map, they had like a little thing in school, and they like kind of learned how it worked. And his class was just like this is outrageous, you know, like it was like the civil civil rights issue of. <laughs> of the third grade. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous that this man lost a birthday. They're having they walked out of school that day. <laughs> he had a sit in outside. Oh. <laughs> get Mike get Michael Lopp's birthday back. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing though. 
It really hurts my head when I think about it. The international dateline. It's still. I, I tried to. It, I, I understand it enough, but it's like it still. It seems like there should have been some point where he was somewhere where it was his birthday. <laughs> it doesn't make any. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. But it, that's what happened. No, you can miss a whole yeah. day. See what happens is you come back and you get an extra day. Like you'll get like two. But not that day. No, you don't. You, you don't get to get. You don't get to redo. All right. I want my extra day to be last Friday. You don't get that. Uh, what else? Do, what else is supposedly coming for this event? Apple Watch straps and stuff. Straps. Yeah, yeah. that seems like a, a. I don't know. Yeah. Boring. Do you have? Do you have a uh, multiple straps for? Your I do. Watch? I have. Um, you don't wear it. Oh, but you famously don't wear your watch anymore. I wear it some days. I do. Uh, I no. I read. No, I read that you oh. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have. You must be mistaken. I have the space black link thing, and ninety-five uh, percent of the time, that's the band I wear because I actually find that okay. metal bracelet the most comfortable. Um, but I have two of the. Uh, uh, floral elastomer ones. I have the black one, which I bought when the, when I ordered a watch, and then I bought the orange one when they came out with new uh, new uh, flavors last fall. Hmm. So I have I have the original. I have a space black aluminum watch and the original black band, and then uh, for my birthday I got a, a leather band off Etsy, um, which actually has some pretty cool. Pretty cool bands. Yeah, I think one of the reasons that those, uh, it, you know, the third-party ones from like an Etsy or a small company are so good is that a lot of these people have been making watch straps for a while anyway. Right. So it's not they're not like getting right. into something new. Um, yeah, you know, and they were very they were very nice. I mean, because my wife bought it for me for my birthday back in November, and you know, they were very concerned about you know like does it fit? Send it back if it doesn't fit. Well, we can you can adjust it, and so. Um, you know, it's like there's those, that group of people who have been doing this for a while who already have like customer service right. and, you know, they're good at that stuff. Yeah. So. And I think the the difference between something like an iPhone case is that the, you really want an iPhone case to be engineered with these incredibly accurate tolerances. And otherwise it just, it it's either hard to get it in and out of the case or it flip, you know, it just doesn't fit right or whatever. Whereas a watch strap isn't really about, um, precise sub millimeter perfection around your wrist because it's obviously you know even yeah even you yourself your wrist is slightly different diameters on different days based on you know whether i'm retaining exactly (laughs) (laughs) which is usually yeah that's most how bloated you are (laughs) uh I eat a lot of salty food. You know, and it's about what makes a watch strap a nice watch strap or a bracelet a nice bracelet is other things. And it's, you know, how it feels and, you know, subjective things. And But, you know, like the leather ones, it's, you know, how good are you working with leather? And some of these, you know, like that's little mom and pop places on Etsy that, that just work with leather. They're experts. Yeah. They're really, really good. Right. It's a lot, of them in Tex- a lot of them in Texas because they have a lot of dead cows there. Hmm. So, Interesting fact. Uh, yeah. Um. But the one thing that I've really enjoyed about the watch is, is, and it made me think about this compared to every other watch that I've ever owned, is how fast you can change the bands. Yeah. Because I, because I do this, because I don't want to work out in my leather band, but I want to wear the Apple Watch when I work out. So I just quickly switched back to the fluoro, fluoroelastomer. And, you know, and it takes like 
five seconds. It's you pronounce it uh, black blaze. <laughs> no, it's true. That's you know, and for all the pixel, it, pixel, mature. all the complaints that I have levied against Apple Watch, the one thing is absolutely true is the brilliance of the switching mechanism, and it's you know. Yeah, I mean, I, fr- I mean, I think all watches should. Have oh yeah, that. it's it's a lot of the you know the people who are the biggest praisers of it are people coming from the watch world where they're like, in some ways, Apple really say what you want about the functionality of the watch itself, leave that aside. Um, but in terms of some certain things like making bracelets and the design and the switching and stuff like that, they just showed that the Swiss industry had been asleep at the wheel for decades because. They oh, they yeah. haven't really, you know, like the top of the line watch strap from 1981 is like indistinguishable from the top of the line watch strap now. Yeah, and you need a little tool to be able to switch it, and you know, there's a really good chance that you're going to shoot the little metal spring thing across the room when you try right. and lose it. Right, that's a that's horrible. Uh, or like on a link bracelet on on a Swiss most you know like oh, a Rolex yeah. or an Omega or a, a Tag Heuer. Um, it, don't just need a little tool. You need like a special little screwdriver, but you actually have to have like, you really ought to use like, there's a certain kind of glue that you want to put in there when you put it back in, you like to take a link out to resize it. And then when you put the, the the screw back in, you want to put, I forget what they call it. It's called like Loctite or something like that, but it's like a jeweler's glue that will, it's just enough so that it's never going to come out when you don't want it. But if you eventually want to resize the watch again or put the link back in, it's not so tight that you can't get it out or strip the screw. It's like perfect glue. Mm-hmm. Well, who, who the hell has that, right? So you're, just to get the thing resized, you're off to the jeweler, you know, your local corner jeweler or whatever. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to Oh, and what, so what they, they were the, – one of the rumors was about a um, uh, nylon. Right. That they would ship a nylon band, right. which I would be very interested in. Actually. Yeah, I have a, a watch with a nylon band. Very comfortable, in my opinion. Yeah. That's what I wore for years before right. I got the Apple Watch. So Yeah, I'm curious to see how Apple does the connection to the watch on that one, though, because I feel like the ones that I've seen so far, they don't quite look right because of just the nature of the the connector to the watch. That they just kind of – they don't quite look right with just like a – a bar sticking out of the a bar, thing. the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what my, I mean, that's what my leather one uses and it's, it's okay. But yeah, but I don't think Apple would. Yeah. But it. somehow <laughs> with the leather ones, it, the bars don't, they don't look as out of places with a nylon strap. I think cause leather is typically a little thicker and it, it pads out a little. And whereas the nylon okay. ones are, you know, the, makes the bar show a little bit. Yeah. Long. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it somehow the, the interplay between the thickness of the strap material and the bar just doesn't seem as right to me. I don't know how they're going to do it though. Like, what are they going to? Maybe it's just you know Jeff Williams comes out and talks about how many you know millions of people are using healthcare and and great new apps from these airlines and people are Apple paying with their watch ten t- million times a day or whatever. And then here's some new bands and get off the stage, which is sort of I guess what he did in September. Although they also had Apple the you know the OS two. Uh, Apple, the watch OS two to show. Whereas I don't think anybody's expecting a new watch OS. So no, I mean, maybe they have something in secret, some secret new feature just so they have something yeah. to demo, but I'm not quite sure. It seems well, new faces would be nice. And that seems like something that would be simple to do. And but s- I, I, that's, I'm, I am completely making it. Right. That. That's a good idea though. And so, some, that's something that if it's, I don't know what the version number would be, watch OS 2.1 or whatever that they, yeah. they could be, they could have been working on in secret and it's, you know, n- no surprise that they, that it didn't leak. 
Is this enough? This is my question. I keep thinking <laughs> after I spent all this money to <laughs> book an airplane. <laughs> is is it enough to justify the money that you lost? Well, is you know, it's it's a phone that is in. I, then there's leaks of the case too, and I think it looks interesting. It's an interesting combination of the straight sides and the curves, and they got rid of the chamfered edges and have just like a rounded edge. It seems like an interesting case design. But fundamentally, technology-wise, it's a phone mm-hmm. that has nothing new, right? It's a size we've had before, a basic shape we've had before, camera technology that's, you know, it's b- beneath the cutting edge of the success, and, you know, a screen that we've seen before and an A9 system on a chip, which is great that it's the current model year, but guess what? We've already had, you know, we've had these phones for six months with the A9. And then an iPad, that is the exact same story. It is this, you know, everything that's new and novel about it was in the 13-inch iPad Pro that we have had since November. Right. So how do you do, how do you, what do you do on stage to talk about these things, right? Like, here's this thing that is exactly like what we announced in September, but smaller. That's Hmm. a tough event. Like, uh, and then what? Here's new watch straps. I, I, that seems like a tough event. Yeah. Even if they, you know, and and one thing about Apple, and I say this, and I really mean it, and it's, it's kudos as somebody who's, especially when the town hall events. Oh my god, that's like a it's like a coach seat in an airplane. Uh, it's not even. It's tighter. It's like a tighter fit than a coach seat in an airplane. If they only have forty eight minutes of stuff to talk about, they'll have a forty eight minute event. And maybe, you know, a five-minute video, <laughs> right? But they're not going to keep you there for two hours if they don't have two hours of stuff. Um, I just don't know what else they're going to do. I mean, I guess some people are wondering, hoping sort of maybe that maybe there's new MacBooks of some kind. I don't know that how that aligns, though, with like what Intel is putting out. Intel meaning the, yeah. the CPU company. Right, right. Yeah, I can't think of any other shoe that's in the air that is ready to drop at this point it's like it's i wonder how close they were if this if there's nothing else that's coming i wonder how close they were internally to doing it without a an event and just having you know giving it to people you know review units you know in private briefings like they've done it other things when there's no uh yeah and you know maybe there's something else or maybe they you know they feel like this is good enough to uh you know, maybe for reasons that escape me and are not obvious to me, maybe there's something, there's some message they have to give that actually, you know, makes for a compelling event. Oh, the um, wasn't there a uh, an update to Apple Music coming too? Uh, I don't know if it's coming in March though, right? Okay. Uh, on yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know that either. But I, but I had heard there was a podcast. There was, there's an update coming, and that's supposedly yeah. much more understandable. I guess. Yeah, and there was a podcast that Eddie Q was on, where he said that there's an update to the remote app for the <laughs> Apple TV. I forget <laughs> what show it was. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't listen to podcasts. I, I if they that. want to just sort of do a run through. You know, here's all of our stuff, and you know, here's little, you know, things big and small that little improvements we're announcing to all of our stuff. If they want to run through Apple TV, uh, you know, demoing the new app that lets you use your phone as a full fledged, you know, Apple remote. Yeah. Uh, well, and maybe maybe they have some third party thing that's tied into right. that, right? I wouldn't be surprised at all if the, the Eddie Q's hint that that's coming is a March event thing because. You know, it just gives them something yeah. to demo. Like, 
So at least announce it. I mean, at least they would announce it and say when it's coming. Right. But if they had like a, a game or something like that, where if two players need a remote, now there's a solution to it because one of you can use your phone and the other one can use a remote. Was that just a few weeks ago? Uh, yeah, no, I, can't I remember. think so. Yeah, I don't remember which show. So and he said three months, right? I thought he said a few months, honestly. Okay, so maybe not. I mean, I think he said he said three. I thought he said three, but it was kind of like just like tossed it out. I mean, not like you know, he was not. I don't think that date was necessarily supposed to indicate that that's exactly when it was. Happening. Yeah, he maybe doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope he made it up. What if I, I, I really hope that he just made that up on the spot and just thought, you know what, we should have that. And I really hope that, like, after the podcast, he like had to go to the. You know, oh, I should. No, he had to go to like some engineers and say, okay, you got to make you got to make the iPhone app do everything that the crack the whip. You got to do everything that the remote does. Why? Because I just said we were going to do it in a few months. <laughs> This is why they don't. They didn't used to let people talk. Right, but it's funny yeah. to think about it, and because we don't have video, right? It was entirely conducted by audio remotely. So wouldn't it be funny if like Federighi was like Craig was like giving him like the throat cut motion, like there? What the hell? Like just didn't say anything because he's you know in front of a hot mic, but he's just looking at Eddie like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't have anybody working on that. How hard could it be? <laughs> yeah, right. If that's like what Eddie gives him, like uh, he just gives him a look, like what? It's... Just get the get those crossy road people, and then we'll be fine. It's worth an announcement. Uh, it seems like. I mean, well, I mean, I like my Apple TV, but I don't really play games on it, other than the few that I played when it first shipped. I've done it. Uh, I don't anymore, though. Yeah, not I mean, because, but that's like... just because I don't play games. Period, except for Firewatch. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, we still yeah. have Um, but it just seems like eh, they need to do something else to make that to kickstart that a little bit. Um, is there anything else that was supposedly coming? A smaller iPhone, revamped iPad, tweaks to the Apple Watch line. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't... you know, there's the oft mentioned video streaming thing but that doesn't seem like that's yeah then that doesn't any close any closer to fruition than it has been for a while no and it doesn't seem like something that they would do at town hall and it's again we don't know that it's a town hall but all the hints seem to suggest that it is and the fact that everything else is so small would you know reiterate it yeah i said before i think i blogged it i don't think i said on the show but if it is a town hall um I think there's a very good chance that this will be the last public event for the press that Apple ever holds at Town Hall. Because if they stick to last year's schedule, they'll the next time we hear from Apple will be at WWDC, and that'll be at Moscone. The next time we hear from them will be in September, and that'll be a big, 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 big show in a huge venue because it's going to be the new iPhone and probably a new apple watch 2.0 but anything else they're going to do this year now iphone one is always a big deal is way too big for town hall uh and then starting last year they didn't have a little small october event the the september event was here's everything we've got for the rest of the year and privately and from other people i've heard that that was very that was not coincidence or circumstance you know happenstance Mm -hmm. it was strategy it was doing an event in September and then another one, even if small in October is too big of a pain in the ass. And, and, and yeah, too, I would think so. So uh, then that rolls, then the next time we hear from them would be March next year. And by that time, supposedly the new campus is going to be open. 
Right. And it seems like if it's really close to being open, it would be almost criminal to have an event at the old campus. Like, oh, welcome to our old crappy campus. You should take, you should, you should take a, like a big 48 ounce malt liquor and just pour it out right on the, (laughs) (laughs) right on, right on your seat when you're done. I've done that at most (laughs) of the events at Town Hall. Oh, I I forgot that's your, (laughs) that's my signature move. (laughs) Your signature move. I even have. That's how I saved my seat for the next event. <laughs> Nobody wants to sit there. <laughs> Got to invite John back. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything else coming up. I don't think there's anything else. Maybe a MacBook. I don't know. But anyway, I don't know. Do you think that's? Do you think yeah. it's a good event? Do you think it's gonna be a weird event? Well, I think it's gonna be a good event because I'm very interested in this right. phone. Um, but you know, I'm really curious how they other people's mileage may vary. I'm really curious how they how they position the phone. In addition to my previous statement that I'm interested in how they talk about the camera, I'm interested in how they talk about the size, you know, because it was, uh, I mean, they were never able to say, starting with the six, they were never able to say, now we have a big phone, small phones suck because they've always, (laughs) they've always still had the smaller ones in the lineup filling out price points. So they couldn't really bad mouth them. But it was also clear that ever since they went to the six, that the that the smaller phones were years old models that were being moved down to different price points as they got older. Whereas now they're coming out with a four inch phone that you know, mm-hmm. they're obviously not going to say that this is a top tier. It's not the six S mini, you know, it's it is different. Whatever they're gonna call it. Um you know, and the camera, by all accounts, is not quite as good. So no matter what, it's you know, it's some sort of cupolo. Um, but it's also definitely new, and it's got cutting, you know, cutting edge A nine, etc. So I'm curious how they talk about why they why they're adding a four inch phone with these current specs. You had said something. You had written something about how you think that this phone is going to be around for eighteen to twenty four months. Yeah, probably. <laughs> now that I think about thirty six months, probably. Okay. Because at, at at the third year it'll be at the the zero dollar price range. Yeah, but I'm interested. I mean, I mean, if they do call it the the SE without a number in it, um, is this? They're just gonna keep. Are they gonna keep upgrading that line? I I don't know. In line, or are they just gonna just gonna have this phone and move it down and then and away? maybe like three or three years ago? from now and then have some other you know have the x yeah exactly or something. i was gonna say x yeah i was gonna say it iphone sexy <laughs> yeah i think that's what they'll do i think it's a one-off phone sort of like the the iphone 5c was i think if they do that they need to pay us <laughs> the iPhone XE. i think if it's called the iphone i think if it's called the iphone xe that um <laughs> you and i should both get at least you know and not much yeah. you know just like a some some basis yeah. point one percent uh, percent yeah well you know it doesn't even no <laughs> come on don't be greedy one <laughs> percent how much could that add up to? 50, 50 basis how much points. could one percent of iPhone sales add up to <laughs> yeah right it's an unknowable number <laughs> all right let me let me take a break here and thank uh, our third and final sponsor of the show and another one that I could not be happier to encourage you to uh, to do business with our good friends at mailroute now to find out more you can go to ma- their website is mailroute.net 
slash TTS, the initials of the talk show, TTS, mailroute.net, TTS. Um, look, these guys are the email masters. These guys, the company is founded by and run by people who've pretty much devoted their careers to handling email, filtering email, protecting your email, doing email right. Uh, and IT departments everywhere are expected to do more every year and with less money every year. And that includes really important stuff like uh, stopping spam and virus attacks and, you know, shitty, uh, you know, phishing attacks and stuff like that that come through your email. Uh, uh, and end-of-life announcements for trusted hardware and software options that helped you make this in the past make these decisions even more difficult, right? So first Postini went away. Now MX Logic. Now, I've never heard of MX Logic because I'm not an IT professional. Uh, I can only guess, though, that it had something to do with reg you know, dealing with your MX records for your email domain. Uh, well, whatever it was, it's been announced end of life. So who do you trust now to do the job well and stick around? Uh, well, I say you try MailRoute. MailRoute will protect your email, your company's email, your team's email, uh, and your own hardware against spam, viruses, and other attacks. Because what MailRoute does, there is no hardware to install. You don't install MailRoute's hardware. You don't install their software on your server. What you do is if you own the domain, you just change your MX records to focus the email. Have the email go to MailRoute first. It's just a thin filter. It just filters. And then it moves right on after MailRoute gets done taking all the crap out of your email, all the spam all the phishing attacks, everything like that. It just forwards on to your existing servers uh, the spam-free email that you want. So you don't have any of the crap on your servers. MailRoute takes care of it, filters it. They've got APIs so you can uh, script it. You can you know hook it up to whatever other systems you have uh, connected to your email. They've got really great uh, interface to do things like double-check you know, make sure all the spam that they filtered really is spam, uh, that sort of thing. You can get like an update like once a week that says, here's all the top emails that we filtered as spam, but that maybe we're like on the threshold. So if you want to double check them, here you go. Here's your report for the week. And you can like eyeball it and take a look. Uh, and just like uh, the other companies I talked to you about today, you get a 30-day free trial of MailRoute. You can just go there, try it, Change your MX records, filter your email through MailRoute, see how good it works. And then after 30 days, only then, after you've tried it for 30 days and you see for yourself how good this is, then you can start uh, uh, start paying for it. Listeners of the show, this is an amazing deal, get 10% off for the lifetime of their account. So if you sign up through MailRoute.net slash TTS and you use them for 15, 20 years, you are still getting that 10% off 10 years from now, 15 years from now, however long it is, which is a tremendous, tremendous deal. So if you are in charge of email for your domain, your company's domain, you owe it to yourself. Go check out MailRoute at mailroute.net slash TTS. Love these guys. Uh, what else before we talk? It's mail, it's mail, it's mail root. Oh, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've had that discussion before. <laughs> Uh, well, there's there's that game we could talk yeah. about. Root and route for that word is one of those ones where I don't even know how I pronounce it if I'm not thinking about it. I do know that I say mail. I well, say mail route. It's really contextual. 
Because you'd say Route 66. Nobody would ever right? say Route you wouldn't 66. Say, no one would ever say Route 66. Yeah, but but if you were saying like what what route do you take to get to to get to Mom's house? Yeah, I would, I would yeah. probably say Route. I guess I know that I deliberately say mail route with mail route because I feel like it would be so easy to think that it's root like you're the root admin admin mm-hmm. root because root is a very common yeah. word in networking and even if I spell it I just feel like let me just put it in your head as mail route and then anybody out there who wants to check it out will know how to spell it and nobody there's no ambiguity but there's most of those words where there's two ways to say it I I, I have very strong opinions about the right way to say it. <laughs> And what about the tomato tomato thing? I've never met anybody in my life <laughs> ever who says tomato. Who says tomato? Yeah, ever. No. It's like the guy the guy who made that song up. He just made that up. <laughs> no, I I bet some British people say tomato. Yeah, or like some real yeah, real jerk. And plus, like yeah, mid- when that was like a that was like a hundred years ago, right? And like it was like at a when time where Pygmalion- like like people who you know like when only like five percent of Americans had been to college, they just started saying words funny, like <laughs> say words to you know, like it's sort of affecting a fake semi sort of one toe in the sand British accent, just to like sort of self identify as someone who'd been to a college on the East Coast. <laughs> I bet it was like a good sign, like uh, you know, like if you're working in a restaurant that uh, or a bar or something like that. If you have a customer who says something about tomatoes, you just know you're in for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, stick your thumb in that drink. Did you did you have a uh, a guy in uh, like the senior year of college? Because lots of people spent their junior year abroad, and oh, there was a there was a guy who came back senior year of college who had spent the year in in England and came back speaking with a British accent. <laughs> no, but it happened to me in sixth grade. I had a, we had a, a good friend of mine in, uh, in Mark. He went, his dad got transferred to England after fourth grade. And uh, I think he, I know he missed all of fifth grade. He might have missed part of fourth grade too. He was Maybe he was gone more than a year. But then sixth grade, everybody was excited because Mark was back. And he was a popular kid, a real nice kid, smart kid too. And he came back, and he didn't really have a British accent, but he was—he said bloody everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that I can get. Yeah, because that's a really good. That's a that's yeah. one of the great. Yeah, that's like that's like a and and at that age, it's like a swear oh, that you can get away. It's like with. you can really you can get away you can get away with a British yeah, swear. It was it was, and he really pulled it off. Like we made fun of yeah. him at first, but then it just like <laughs> and then and then you were the doing mocker. It. <laughs> no, because you couldn't pull it off. It uh, if we tried it, we'd look like. You, you just couldn't do it, but he, he, you know, it just came out of his, it just came out naturally. It's like he. Hank says, Hank says bloody. Oh man, that's a good one. He says, I mean, I, and I think it's, I think it's from listening to those, those, uh, Minecraft YouTubers. Oh yeah. They're all English. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's a brilliant word. It really is. <laughs> brilliant too. English. The, brilliant. Also yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I think that was subconscious right there. The brilliant, the, the English make terrific use of the word brilliant. We do have that word. Yeah, <laughs> but they they use it better. We have bloody too, but it, we don't have it in the... No, but it's not used in the oh, same way. It, it, it's just so smack dab in the middle of, boy, it sure feels like a swear word. And <laughs> no, I cannot make it, I can't make a compelling argument that it is a swear, but it just has... No, it's not here. It's not, it's not a swear yeah. word. Yeah. Firewatch. Oh man, I don't play games, yeah. and I don't know if that makes me a better critic or, or or not critic even, but a better person to tell you to go buy this game and go play it or or not. But I think it kind of does. It's like I just don't have the mindset for. I, I just don't have the. Well, yeah, I think it depends on the kind of gamer you are. I mean, if you're like, 
you know, if you're someone who likes first person shooters exclusively, you might not like. Firewatch. Well, maybe you would though. Maybe you'd um, like it as a as a break. Well, sure. Yes, that's that's perfectly possible. Um, if you are exclusively addicted to that particular genre, however, <laughs> I mean, and I, you know, and I read some of the comments on. Um, steam from some people which you know just made me angry because it wasn't exactly the game that they are continually playing all the time instead it actually had a story and (laughs) it was interesting instead of just like shooting zombies repeatedly Uh, but did anybody was anybody misled i mean I, i don't understand I guess you Well, there was that there was a there was a, a re, sort of ridiculous situation with this game, right? Because there was someone who who wrote a review and I think it was on Steam who was or it was in a forum someplace and I can't remember if it was on Steam or what, but it was saying, you know, I paid the $17 or whatever and I had a good time playing it for the amount of time that I spent playing it, but I'm thinking about getting my, trying to get my money back. What? <laughs> 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 you paid the money you liked the game and you're thinking about getting your so money. i i don't i want to scrupulously avoid spoilers i mean the basic gist of the game doesn't spoil anything and it's pretty obvious that you play a uh i don't even know what the hell you are you're not really a forest ranger what are you a fire, fire watcher watcher. yeah i mean, I mean like, like yeah like, yeah so you're you know you're up yeah. in a tower and you're in the pacific northwest and you uh you know your job is to i think it's i think it's uh Wyoming. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be Wyoming. And, uh, and a story unfolds. And it is uh, a fascinating to me. It's, it, number one, it's a beautiful game. It really is just mm-hmm. drop-dead gorgeous. And um, what's his name? Ollie, Ollie Moss. Have you ever seen the Ollie Moss's Star Wars posters? I guarantee you. I think I believe I have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I have. So uh, Ollie Moss worked on on setting the the graphics of the game to some degree, and it really shows um, the whole team. Though it's just a gorgeous game. You just cannot. I, I would watch a short film, uh, or not a short film, an animated film. I'd watch a feature length film that looked exactly like Firewatch. It's it's just got a tremendous yeah. look. Um. Well, I think the thing that I like so much about it is how it draws you into the game. Yeah. Um, because it starts out, it doesn't start out with any graphics at all. It just starts out by asking you certain questions about the choices that you're going to make. Right. Um, except th- that it's all setting up the story. It's getting you, it's drawing you into the story. And it's, it, you're, you know, by the, by the end of answering the questions, you know, you're, you're choked up. Yeah. Kind of, it's, you're it's like, sets you off in a melancholy frame of mind uh and the game is so well written it's it really and it's it's not trying to be a movie it's not trying to be a a choose your own adventure book it's a game and you're playing it and you're there and you've got you know like just a fundamental difference from like a movie is you know if it takes a long time to walk from a to b it takes you a long time to walk from a to b you don't cut you know i mean you cut days out of the adventure but you know, it's you're there, and so you've got like this, you know, first person view that that f- feels like you're there. It feels like you're doing stuff, but it's obviously you're you're in a story that is really well written with um, some really intriguing characters and incredible acting talent. Um, the guy yeah. who, who plays uh, the, the voice of the the protagonist it was. Uh, uh, 
the guy from Mad Men who played Harry Crane on Mad Men, uh, Rich Sommer. And he's just he's terrific. He was terrific in Mad Men, and he's terrific here. It's a, it's a really remarkable character. And the other characters in the film are remarkable too. And the mystery is is truly interesting, and it's just uh, mm-hmm. evocative. Yeah. And it leaves, I mean, I hope, hopefully for me, I mean, I hope it leaves enough on the table that there'll be something following. Yeah, I, I could not. I mean, I really hope, I really hope I would, I mean, I would shell out <laughs> again immediately. Yeah. Um, Since I figured out that I can play it on my kid's computer. Uh, so it is also a little adult. Um, <laughs> I, But not, well, yeah. I mean, and, and that was one of my questions I I um asked cable i was trying to figure out if it was before i put it on my kid's computer i wanted to make sure it was okay and he's 12 and and it's you know it's it's very thoughtful and um and i think in a good in a good way whoops sorry siri um i think in a good way it's thoughtful um i mean the only i think the only thing that some people might object to is there's some swearing into it in it there's actually a fair amount of swearing in it, but but there's not much other than that i think that that's i think that yeah is bad for a kid no i let uh jonas play and i was really really interested if he would take to it or not because jonas's other interests involve games like destiny uh and you know a little bit a little bit more action-packed uh he, I tell you what, I think, and I, he took to it immediately. Not maybe not like the. I think maybe that, like you said, the opening where it's just text maybe struck him as weird. And we, while we were watching together, I watched him play when he and and I said, well, maybe the game is loading, maybe it's downloading content or something. And he put up with it, and it doesn't it doesn't take a long time. But then once the game started, I think he was a little skeptical of a game where there's no weapons and, or at least it doesn't seem like there's mm-hmm. any weapons. Um, but the graphic quality absolutely opened his mind to it because it's like he could see that wow this is a good looking game and he took to it and he he beat the game in a lot of his time it took me to beat it (laughs) yeah i found i was i was not as as good at orienteering as i thought i was (laughs) no me neither and jonas that was that was that was probably my 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 most difficult part of the game was just like where the hell am i yeah i I really needed like a like a full-time compass or something like (laughs) Leave like a parrot on my shoulder. <laughs> Tell me where to go. There were times. I, 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 <laughs> should be a, should be a, like an in-app purchase. There were times. There were a handful <laughs> of times. I don't know because I've only. I, 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 it's not like I've sit there and replayed it and replayed it. So I don't know. But there were times where you, your character. I think I don't think this is a spoiler. But your character has a walkie-talkie all the time, and you can contact. And and there are times where where I I called for help. Like, hey, where am I? And I don't think that everybody got there. I think I think I might have been particularly lost and that they were there's like a <laughs> hey if you you know x amount of minutes have gone by where you were supposed to do y and you're this met far away <laughs> why don't you have them call and get a hint <laughs> I think I got some help from the game a couple of times because I was really lost <laughs> And it was like one time I came back and I was like I was like ooh I found another I found another firewatch tower ooh and then I realized it was mine I thought I was I thought and I but I thought that I was like all the way at like the far north of the map like I was all the way north at the far edge of the map and it, it turns out I was right in the middle I was like oh no wonder I'm not finding this Anyway, I cannot say enough good things about this game. I found that for 20 bucks, it was extraordinarily fun to play. 
Um, yeah, it, it just remarkable. And for those of you who don't know, this game it's it's from a game developer uh, called Campo Santo, and that they announced a few years ago. They partnered with our friends at uh, Panic, who are a bunch of um, weird. Uh, uh, sort of uh, militants who who uh, oc- <laughs> occupy a design studio in Portland <laughs> and are in a long running standoff with the federal government. <laughs> That's who I was talking right, about. Panic, and, but they're the really show. nice guys. That's the difference between Panic and some of these other people. They are also against um, the government um, forcing Apple to unlock. Our right, they're, but they're really nice people at Panic, and they are. Just incredibly obsessive about good design, and they've clearly met like their game making soulmates in Campo Santo because the game is so exquisitely detailed. Just little things like, did you check out like the some of the books? Yeah, oh, and you can like turn them around. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many little details like that in there. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I I need to go back and play it again because I skipped a lot of that stuff just to because I was interested in advancing the right. story. So, um, and I think there's a whole other layer there. I mean, cause I, one of the things I did after playing the game was I watched a, um, a YouTube video by someone who, uh, you know, spends her time playing games <laughs> and was going into great detail about like speculation about, um, th- things that were not explicitly said in the game. Mm. Um, and it was very interesting, I thought. I mean, I don't think all of it... I mean, I'm certain that all of it is not... What are the odds? Know, all that all that speculation is not leading somewhere, but a lot of it is. What are the I odds think. that you could find that YouTube video? And I could put it in the show um, notes. I, uh, I, will, I will make that happen one way or the other. Because I would, A, like I to think... watch that video, and B, I, I would like yeah. to put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. I would implore everybody watching the, or listening to the show... Don't look at anything else about if you really if you're thinking maybe you want to play it, just get this game, mm-hmm. put it on your Mac, get it you can get it from Steam. Yeah, just play it play it first and then you can watch all that. You stuff. can get it from Steam for your Mac or your PC and you can get it for uh PS4 on the uh, uh the PlayStation store. Can't play it on Xbox, alas, but um one way or the other you can play it. I re- cannot recommend it highly enough. I, I really was blown away and I was skeptical just because I just don't play games and I thought, well, I'm going to buy it anyway just so I can see what it, you know, because I know the Panic guys and I want to see it. And I'm genuinely curious because the game sounds so unlike any game I've ever heard before. Uh, I just found myself, I really like was compelled to finish this game. Really. And I really, really felt, you know. Yeah, I was was in almost a, a, (laughs) not a state of frenzy. But like, because it's not it was a, one of those things. Right. Like, like when I read the like when I read The Martian, when I read the book The Martian. I mean, I read it, and it's a it's a it's not a long book. I mean, it's not a terribly long game, but I was very goal oriented in trying to to finish right. it because I wanted to see what was going to happen. Right. And there's you know moments when you're supposed to feel certain things. Maybe you feel sad or whatever. And I really felt them. I really it's it's and again oh, yeah. it's just a testimony to the writing and it's a such a great scenario some of the details the details of the thing remind me just a little just a little bit like sort of like the way did you watch the show lost yeah, oh, yeah. It's sort of like lost yeah, you yeah. Know, where there'd be like right. brands brand names or something like that or just the way you know something was set up and the way that there was like a mystery some of the things in the mystery might have happened a few years ago and it really reminded me of lost in, in and in a in a very very good way like i mean that is nothing but a compliment mm-hmm mm-hmm 
So anyway, go play. But but, but better, possibly better script. Yes. Oh, it was... <laughs> overall, <laughs> overall better scripted. I mean, you know, like there are certain episodes of Lost that bring me to tears. Right. However, I they I think you know if you looked at the arc over uh, all the seasons, they kind of mean certainly more bit. cohesive. Like Lost, a version of Lost that was the length of Firewatch might have been the best thing ever. <laughs> I wonder how good you could do. I wonder, like, if you took all five or six seasons of Lost and you just edited it down, you know, to like maybe like twenty total episodes. Right, took took out all the the dead ends. Right. Take, just edit it down to about twenty episodes. You might have one of the best shows ever made. Anyway, I cannot wait to see what else these guys come up with. I know that games take a long time, so it'll be a while, but. Boy, they really hit it out of the park with this, and I know that they've had some success. I know that they're they're doing pretty well. I'm um, 99% sure Cable Sasser tweeted that they they made their made their the investment to make the game back on day one, um, which is great. I think that you know because these things take years to make, so it's a big big investment of of time, and any kind of big investment of time is obviously a big investment in money. Um, so I'm happy to hear that, but I really hope that this game gets legs and sort of gets like a little word of mouth and just spreads because it really deserves to. Yeah, I know it thought of me. One thing I, I'd be I'd so glad I thought of it. It really reminded me of there was in in the latter years of his life, Roger Ebert um, was involved in some debates on whether video games could be art, and he sided on the argument that no, they're not art, not in the way that movies are, and. Mm. You know, I think part of it is he was, you know, a little curmudgeonly. He's, you know, and he's a little older. Um, and, you know, and part of it is I think that it's, it, you know, like any good debater, he, you know, he took a strong opinion because it makes for a good argument. He wasn't a jerk about it, in my opinion. You know, I disagreed with him, even as someone who doesn't play games. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I, this, to me, I had this thought when I completed Firewatch that I wish Roger Ebert was still around because I would love... yeah love to present Firewatch to him as the counter argument to can a video game be art because this it, right. if this isn't art then nothing is art it makes you if i you know I, you what is art is obviously <laughs> we should talk about talk that talk about your your last your last year of college you know <laughs> get find the kid from college who picked up a british accent we'll we'll go we're we're at 2 hours and 15 minutes let's talk right. about what is art uh, Boy, I would find it very difficult for anybody to come up with a definition of art that doesn't fit this game. Or at least if your version of art uh, would, would would include novels and would include uh, feature films. That, that yeah. in the way that if those things can be art, and I think most people would agree that they can be, then the game Firewatch is art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and and you know, getting back to my original comment, I mean, I think is that that is why some people don't like it, is because it is art. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> and that is not. I mean, and their definition of gameplay is not right. Art. It's a little bit more like sports, you know. Yeah, perhaps right. Although, if you watch or, Stephon Curry yeah, play, yeah, like, or, you could know. argue that sports are becoming art. <laughs> uh, so obviously, all of these things are you know, there's blurred lines, uh, you know. There's blurred lines between all these things, but that, uh, you know, it's, it's to me, it's, I, I just can't say enough good things about it. And I, anybody who's listened to this show for a long time, I don't know that I've ever talked about a game on this show ever. And this is episode 148. So it's, it's rare. And if this is a game, boy, if, you know, 
And I tried looking around. And I asked, and Syracuse, of course, who who is a real gamer and really, you know, I think shockingly knows, you know, every video game that's ever been made. Uh, he had some suggestions. I was like, are there other games like this? Like, am I <laughs> am I missing out? Like, is there like an entire like? Yeah, there definitely. I mean, there definitely are. Um, what what's that home? Uh, not home alone. There's a game uh, where you basically come into a house and and it's empty and you have to try and figure out what happened. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I think um, that might have been the one he was oh, telling me to play. But yeah, that's supposed to be pretty good too. Yeah. So it's it's you know, I don't know. Can't say enough good things about it. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I just I just want my phone, man. <laughs> <laughs> just want my small phone, John. <laughs> I want my small phone back. Right, John Moltz wants his small phone back. Uh, uh, everybody can get all the molts that they want at uh, and then some at uh, your website, which is a very nice website. Uh, dot com or net. I'm going to say dot net. You pick. I'm say dot net. You pick. Take your pick. I've got yeah, both. Go to very nice website dot net, and uh, you can get all the molts you want there. You got the Twitter feed, which is uh, just at molts. And uh, yep. your your other big podcast, the one uh, it's turning this car around. Look at that! It's up to That's episode right. ninety nine already. Holy crap! We a hundred. We just did a hundred. I think that just came out uh, the other day. We didn't link it. Didn't? I was I was looking at very nice website. I know. I gotta get. I gotta get. So you got turning this car around. That's with <laughs> a little slow. We had a big weekend. <laughs> That's the show you do with John Armstrong, and then you got the rebound with uh, with Dan Morin. Where you talk now? That's one. Now, turning this car around is the one you talk about parenting, uh, what it's like to have kids in the modern, you know, modern world. Very funny stuff from some right. really terrible parents, <laughs> questionable parents. <laughs> You've been on the I show, have. and then talk about bad parents, and then the the I, I let my kid play Firewatch before I even checked what was in the game, uh, and then there's the rebound where you talk about technology, and it's you know you know yeah. more like a rip off of this show. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And that's with uh, Dan Morin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to hear about You this. can get all of those shows. You don't have to – you just Google them and just type them into Overcast or whatever. But if you just go to very nice website, uh, net, you'll find links to all of those yeah. shows. I'll put the links up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for your time, John. I really appreciate it as always. It's always a pleasure. All right. Have a good week.